boy. Yeah, boy. Yeah, boy. Yeah, boy. Yeah, boy. Chick, chick, chick. I I know what quote I'm gonna do, but I gotta look it up real quick. Okay. <laughs> Am I guessing again? Uh, yeah. You'll probably know this one. Really? Mm-hmm. I knew the last one. Wait. Did you have to help me a little with that? Last I did one? have to help you a little because I, I had, and I did hear the quote before too. It was super short, but I had to I had to give the rest of the interaction. Yeah. Because it was it was two people talking to each other. Like yeah. the main quote is like the response to someone else. It's funny too because I think I'd seen that on Facebook, like a Facebook reel or a Facebook post. Tarantino pops up on my Facebook all the time. I'm doing the the okay. beep boop pop. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the 29th episode of the Neon Crew Podcast. My name is Kyle. And I'm 32. Hey, congrats. <laughs> <laughs> We're catching up. Yeah, dude. Uh, this podcast is almost as old as you are. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> it's nuts. I know. It's it's crazy. Yeah. Um, so, I can't wait till I can take it out. Uh, yeah, right? You know. <laughs> You'll uh, you'll be able to uh, put this in a retirement home before you even reach fifty. Yeah, I'll be well. Right, right now, I'm thinking I'll be able to show it how to do its taxes mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, yeah, maybe an oil change. It's right around that age where it's like purchasing its first house. You know. Yeah. It just got like a, a job that it it uses their degree for that yeah. they they graduated from or, college or it's uh you know now you're getting to that point where you're making decisions and it's like do I get that video game or do I save the fifty dollars because I know I have three subscriptions I have to pay for yeah you know uh uh-huh. is is really is the new uh Madden game worth it yeah <laughs> is yeah, it yeah. really <laughs> just staring at it trying to make a choice yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I went with Madden. I just I pulled up. It's all right. I'm a football guy. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm a fo- hey, it, it's there. Yeah. <laughs> Name three other sports games. No. <laughs> oh, let me try. Uh there's FIFA. FIFA's a big one. Yep. And then uh NBA two K. Yep. Okay. So I got them. Yeah. Uh yeah, that's it. This that's is mostly just them. like secondhand like hearing people talk about them. Sure. Walking through the aisles. Yeah. I think I've played Madden like uh, like twice in my life you've played madden well played air quotes mostly just me fumbling the controls and not knowing what the hell i'm doing against your uncle or something against my cousins oh yeah because they like to play they're they're sporty they're big sporty boys got it they played football in high school okay and uh me playing madden was probably a lot like how i would play football in real life I just don't know what the hell I'm doing, and mm-hmm. I'm super embarrassed, and I just want to walk away. Yep, yep. And then they force you to sit there and finish it out. Yep. That's how my life is. <laughs> uh, I'm going to read a quote, and you're going to guess who said this. All right. I don't see them. I tried, you know, but that's not cinema. Honestly, the closest I can think of them, as well made as they are, with actors doing the best they can under the circumstances, is theme parks. It isn't cinema of human beings trying to convey emotional, psychological experiences to another human being. That's Scorsese yep. on Marvel films. Yes, yeah. that is Scorsese's take on Marvel. And uh, a lot of Marvel fanboys got a little upsetty spaghetti when he said... <laughs> I could see that. When he said that quote. Fanboys are actually like the directors. I don't think the directors some are of the actors, Some of the actors kind of like jabbed at him a little bit like oh you're an old man you're out of touch you know oh yeah that's a that's a boomer that's a nice little boomer comeback right yeah yeah it's like get out of here old man yeah yeah scram (laughs) what are you gonna be like david lynch now on your fucking phone (laughs) uh i don't i 
at the time, I mean, I don't know. I, I think I, I don't necessarily agree with them, but I don't disagree. Yeah, I'm in the same exact boat, I think. It's, it's easy to see his side of it because he's been in the industry for so long. Like All the guys, I think, the way that they talk now, it's easy to see their side of it. Yeah. But you know what I mean? It's like the fact that he makes movies that are so character-driven mm-hmm. and a lot about like just like human complexities and like just how people treat each other. Like that's the core of his movies. Yes. And then you go and see a Marvel movie and a lot of it is spectacle. A lot of it is yeah. very much like what you see on screen, like the characters physically doing. Yep. Not necessarily what it makes you think about or the sort of psychological takeaway you get from it or whatever right. other movies like Martin Scorsese's offer, you know? Yes. Um, I, yeah, I agree with that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, too, I mean, technically... Marvel movies are cinema in a way. They're just not cinema, you know. They're not like they are. I mean, they're it. It's what we always say. It's there's a million ways to draw of the picture. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it doesn't mean that you know if you sell it for a hundred thousand dollars that you're not an artist. I would also say though that that doesn't make you an artist. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the talent level. I think we used to have the talent level would be the baseline mm-hmm. on if we determined if it was cinema or not, because back then, back, you know, when he was making films in the seventies and eighties, you didn't have the technology that they do now. So the creativity level is so much higher, but now it's different because I mean, you have to be pretty creative to see a world without have being in that world, mm-hmm. you know, and to be able to come up with a lot of the stuff that they come up with now. But yeah, I mean, I get, I, I know where he's coming from and it's spectacles, a good way of putting it. Cause I think definitely it's, Something that you go and see, and you're going to be entertained throughout, but it doesn't mm. make you any more emotional or less emotional. There's really no drive. Yeah. It's kind of like a popcorn flick. You can understand it even more, too, when you think of it, the context of like how you go see the movie, like in terms of, oh, I'm going to get D box seats to see Iron Man 3, and it's going to shake me around. And yeah. there's going to be, I'm, I'm going to bring like all these snacks and stuff. It's like, I don't know, like you can easily see it like being compared to a theme park that way and understand mm-hmm. like where he's coming from. That's what I'm saying. That's why I, I think it's more of like a, I don't want to say it's like a, Hey old man, shut up type deal. Mm-hmm. But I also think that that's an opinion that you just kind of keep to yourselves. And when you're at a dinner party and you're going through why you hate Marvel films, you tell your friends. Yeah. And then everyone kind of agrees silently. A lot of head nodding. Mm-hmm. Let him finish this out. Yeah. He's not right or wrong, but we don't need to get into an argument. Yeah. He's well, more passionate than I am about this being. We need to change the subject real quickly. Let's <laughs> yeah. just let Uncle Terry just get through it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just everyone just, because you're like, <laughs> a lot of points in there I agree with, but I think it's kind of for the wrong reason. You're not wrong, Uncle Terry, yeah. but wrong place, wrong time. It's still cinema. You know, it's just, it, it is geared more towards entertainment <laughs> than it is, you know, well, having. It's, it's having like your, the, it's like whatever type of audience you want to curate so like marvel movies they curate a type of audience that like those movies and like to go see them you know Mm -hmm. and same with martin scorsese he has a certain type of audience that likes to go see his movies i mean just the 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 best example i could come up with is a little skit that you put together with the van gogh i mean Mm. remember when the guy grabbed van gogh and was like look at it this is utterly horrifying yes (laughs) (laughs) and van gogh's now in the grand rapids museum and there's you know 5,000 pieces of art that you can go and look at that Mm -hmm. people pay money to see. So, I mean, at the time, 
people would just were like, this isn't what art is. Yeah. But it really is. I mean, that's the same thing I think with cinema is that it's it's so it's such a uh, broad category. It's very subjective. Yeah, that you can't. There's movies that I've never heard of that people watch that are 30 minutes long mm-hmm. that you could classify as cinema. I mean, I don't, I, and I don't know, maybe unless cinema has a definite definition. I think it's one of those terminology things like cinema, movies, film. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's all the same. It's just people have a sort of different resonance in their head when you say a specific type of word. Yeah. Like you say movie, I think most people typically think of like big blockbusters. Mm-hmm. You say cinema, people tend to, I think, think of like the more broad aspect of like what goes into making I mean, like, a movie. We're just talking about talking pictures, right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> At the end of the day, it is about movies. And yeah. It's, it's not like the biggest world ending thing. And also Martin Scorsese is not telling people to not go see those movies. Yeah. He's just saying his opinion on it. Yep. So you can't really get too mad at him for stating what he thinks no no that's and that's what i'm saying i think that's a dinner party uh conversation that you have not uh i'm gonna tell the world because you come off as a boomer when you do that stuff Mm -hmm. and just more more uh uh evidence of of older directors being out of touch yeah or like just the changing nature of movies as a whole Mm -hmm. which i mean there's always going to be stuff for any kind of audience you know it's always going to be out there that kind of thing is always going to be made yeah. It's just you got to sometimes look for it a little harder than you used to, you know? Mm-hmm. There's a lot more different genres and subgenres and all these different sort of films that, you know, you just dig your teeth into and see what you can find. <laughs> yep. Yeah. See what more, you can scrape together. More trash being produced now just because people are so ADD. Yeah. There's, it's a lot easier to make movies too. That's the thing. Like, it, it yeah, used production to be you, houses mm-hmm. and being able to get the resources and finding actors and used to be you wanted to make a movie you had to fucking work your ass for it and now like most people have access to cameras you know everybody's got a phone nowadays yep. um and you can record and like there's all sorts of different music you can use online that's like royalty free like people have access to making movies yes. way more than they used to like, 100% and it's it's there's stuff out there you can find that is gold, but you got to dig through it. Yeah. <laughs> so there's there's an audience for for anything. Um, speaking of of Marvel movies and uh, <laughs> uh, Venom, I guess our boy, our boy, our boy. Do you want to take your away? Boy. It's your boy. Uh, so do you want to take away this story? I, dude, I, I, I haven't read up on it. I, I figured it was like one of those articles where it's probably like three paragraphs with the, re, like a redundant sentence that's used in each paragraph yeah. of he won. Yeah. No, you know, there's not much like detail. I feel like you can touch yeah. on with this. And it's I don't just think, interesting. Yeah. And it's not like it, it hops it. Yeah. It, he, I don't know if you be, here's the thing. This is what I don't know is, okay. So everyone we're talking about, uh, WWTHD Tom Hardy and what the fuck WWTHD would do is just go out and win gold in a freaking Brazilian jitsu competition yep so the story I have pulled up reads Tom Hardy won first place as a surprise competitor at the 2022 Brazilian jiu-jitsu open championship I mean like so who my first thing was and I this is why I didn't read the article because I was like, they're they're not going to give me the details that I want. No. Did he go out and face like a bunch of guys that are 
part-time, you know, like I go, like in the 90s, karate took over Mm -hmm. and you could do karate tournaments and it was just, you know, everyone, everyone wanted to learn karate and it was kind of, it was good for your mind and it it created discipline and, and everyone just swept, you know, so anyone could compete in a karate tournament. Mm -hmm. Like, was that this? And I'm not saying jujitsu is like everyone can compete, but there's obviously like different tiers of talent that you're going to be going against. Yeah. So I don't know if he was going against people that train like 24 seven or if it was like uh you know i get i do this tuesdays some thursday nights and then saturdays i can get an extra two hours in yeah i don't really know the whole details about like how how much the the participants were like invested in that sort of thing like i I don't have an idea of like oh this is my life or yeah like you said this is like a side thing but i mean if it's a if it's a jujitsu open championship i have to assume that most of the participants oh yeah do that for a good majority of their time like that's yes. something that they train for that's something that they practice for like a lot of them are just athletes and that's probably all they are and then here comes tom hardy who is is probably trained for like maybe like a movie role or something or shit maybe he did it for shits and giggles i don't know but. i had a hard time do you remember when uh james franco was out on everything Mm-hmm. He wrote a book. He came up with like two movie series. Someone said they found him driving an Uber. Mm-hmm. And then there was like uh, uh, stories that he was addicted to Adderall. <laughs> so there's a lot of like, you know, everyone thinks that it's a problem that he has that he keeps working like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if Tom Hardy is like just, you know, this is a hobby that I have or if he's going off the deep end with trying to challenge himself and like a bunch of different aspects of life. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like you said, he could totally just be doing it for fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, if he is, good for him. Yeah, like he's he's somebody who, <laughs> like, watching his movies, even the not good ones like Venom, you can tell that he puts everything into it. And I, mm-hmm. I have no doubt that he took that same approach when doing this jujitsu competition. hundred percent. Yeah, like he seems somebody. He seems like somebody who. Kind of like those like fa- shitty Facebook memes sort of emulate like with the quotes over him. Like he's got the drive. He's got the ambition. Yeah. He buckles down. He's a hard ass working man, you know, Yep. even though he's a wealthy celebrity. <laughs> yeah. He w- I wouldn't be shocked if he had like an apartment in like London or something like that and drove like, uh, you know, two- 2013 like Chevrolet. Probably does. <laughs> you know, like just like, yeah, I got all the money, but it's never been. I'm just really passionate about doing movies. It's mm. never been about, you know, I want the fame that's why i only take on projects that i want to do yeah you know and then it probably what happens is his manager's like oh this would be really good for you get and that's when you see him mail in yeah you know venom (laughs) um but because of the the whole like competition and like the images that have come about it like people have been commenting saying that he should play the next wolverine because of like his sort of gruff kind of like almost grizzled exterior i shouldn't even say almost it is grizzled yeah he's like a very kind of sweaty <laughs> yeah muscle bound dude <laughs> i mean he, he played bane yeah i don't i i there was a tiktok video i'm there's a tiktok video that came out by the guy that he beat it's pretty funny oh i, I watched Have you that seen one. it where the yeah. guy's like talking as the guy that's like going against P- tom hardy pov you're the participant that's up against tom hardy in the yeah. jiu-jitsu competition and there's a guy that's just going tom tom stop Stop. Tom, stop. Tom, stop. My wife is here. Yeah. My wife is here. Tom, please. Thomas, Thomas stop it right now. <laughs> oh, oh, 
there's an opening. Oh God, I'm down on the ground. It's Tom yeah. fucking Hardy. Yeah, that was pretty amusing. Yeah, you know, I I watched. I had no idea what was going on. I just saw that it said he competed in this jujitsu tournament, and it showed him going against a guy. And I was like, oh, good for him. And then all of a sudden, it's like two days later. Like, yeah, he won the whole thing. Yeah, I remember seeing that video and having the same exact thought. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is bringing me memories of two days ago. <laughs> cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um so that's uh and uh, you know uh, tom if you're listening congratulations yes wwthd apparently he would win a gold medal yeah that's what it is <laughs> yeah kicking everyone's ass <laughs> yeah. love you tom there's a reason why he's the outro of our whole oh shtick. dude he well when he did bron you've seen bronson right yeah yeah bronson when 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 we saw bronson back, way back in 2009 I want to say that's when the whole thing took off. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, he was in that. He did Tinker Taylor Soldier Spy. I saw him in um, uh, 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 Rock and Rolla. Inception. Know. Yeah, Inception was like his next big role. And then he kind of did a couple crappy films. Oh, let's talk about Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That one, not so crappy. Not yeah. so great. Not so great. Uh, iconic, I will say. Yes. For yeah. better or worse. Scene iconic. logistics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> God, I want to talk about those movies sometime soon. Uh, yeah, we'll, well, and I'll have to, Evers, I think it's Robert Evers or Eggers. I oh, don't remember Eggers. The, Eggers. Well, yeah. it's the guy that does the the films that I saw on YouTube um, that broke down. He's the he's guy that gave me the phrase scene logistics. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, yes. Now I, and now there is a description on how this like what we're seeing yeah but yeah no inconsistencies yes dark knight rises is chock full of them (laughs) oh my god they're all (laughs) (laughs) yeah that one even more so though i bet you christopher nolan hates those films um i don't know like it's interesting because i i not to get like too lost in the dark knight franchise but i rewatched them well i watched the first one and the third one for the first time and then i rewatched the second one along with them because I watched the Batman mm-hmm. and then after that I was like I want to watch the Nolan movies and so I did and like the first one was very like it wasn't anything like super crazy but I enjoyed it for what it was I mean it's an okay origin story yeah and then the Dark Knight Rises I still really enjoyed like mm-hmm. super good like the pacing of that is really well done compared to the other two and then the Dark Knight Rises I watched in not nearly as like put together as the other two films even the first one like it's so messy like it's super inconsistent like the writing just like it drops off of a cliff compared to the last two movies yeah also audience um if you're wondering why my voice is dying i'm a little sick so bear with me as you as you listen but yeah either this will sound really sexy or really fucking annoying so i'm I'm, i apologize or you're welcome yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no more wetness of the ears when you listen yeah <laughs> just a dry desert yeah <laughs> roaming with uh Ch- timothy chalamet's just all throughout uh speaking of of young actors oh actresses the main actress in this movie we're going to talk about was 12 at the time of filming i'm talking about orphan Woo! 2009 uh, so you recommended we watch the sequel and then alongside that, uh, we pretty much agreed that we'll watch the other movie Yeah, just to kind of give it consistency. Right. Um, so I can get this one if you want to get the, sure. the second movie. Perfect. Um, great. 
So this film is uh, Orphan, directed by Jom Collat Serra. Uh, it stars Vera Farmiga, Peter Sarsgaard, and uh, Isabel Furman, and is about this family who uh, recently went through a, a lost pregnancy, and so they decide that because of that traumatic experience that they're not going to try for uh, a pregnancy again, that they're going to adopt a child instead, give them a chance at a nice life. And so they go to an orphanage and they adopt this uh, girl called Esther and they bring her home. And throughout the film, a series of events happen to where the mother starts to look at Esther in a different light because Esther does all sorts of psychotic, crazy things, wacky, wacky shenanigans happen, and uh, zany. Yeah, pretty zany, pretty, pretty <laughs> zany stuff. <laughs> um, and uh, hijinks ensue. Yes, yeah, <laughs> that's. A- <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love that phrase. <laughs> um. So yeah, that's the gist of it. That uh, is the gist of it. So I'm gonna level with you. Okay. I spoilers for Orphan. Um, I knew the twist going into it. I had, I think, I was like, uh, there's a thing on Facebook that it said, "Do you know the characters' age while they played these characters?" And yeah. and I, you know, like that was one of them on there. But mm-hmm. I think they were doing it for you know, spoiler the, Orphan Two. Yeah, this the second so one. I that was all that I had read. I it wasn't even like, and it just showed a picture of of esser mm-hmm. and i was like oh okay you know <laughs> thanks facebook so but it, it, it that's all it said so it was kind of like when i was watching i was like i'm pretty sure she's gonna be older than what she is but i didn't really it was like uh probably if i was a betting man like i would have thrown some money that that was the twist mm-hmm. like probably a decent sum yeah but, i knew i knew two things going into it i knew the twist and i knew that she would try to seduce the dad I didn't know end. that. That that all that happening, I was like, this yeah. is bizarre. The way it was portrayed though, it still fucking threw me for a loop. So uh yeah, this movie uh I thought was really funny. I thought it was fucking hilarious. <laughs> I yeah, it was uh, there's a lot of head scratching. At one point I, I looked at Jasmine and I was like, are you sure this is a horror film? This seems like more suspense thriller than horror. Yeah. Like it wasn't scary. And to me, like it was really goofy in so many spots that I just could not take it seriously. Oh, you can't. And the movie itself takes itself seriously. So oh, it's even more funny. Yeah. Where you're like, this is, this is really the bizarre occurrences of things happening and no one like, like, Oh, you're the crazy mom. Cause how could a 10 year old person, like girl do this? And it's like, <laughs> I don't know. Like I just go off of variables. Like we yeah. didn't have any problems until she entered our life. And all of a sudden the shit's happening. So like, no, you're just psychotic. It's yeah. like, I don't know. Nothing's really changed around me. The dad <laughs> character is the most daft character. I think I've seen in a movie in quite some time. Skarsgård and he nailed it. He, he's not I mean, bad. No, like, I don't think anyone. Honestly, like I don't think anyone's bad in this no, film in the terms acting, of acting. The acting is like one of the positives I have. Of it. Yes, agreed. especially from Isabel Furman. I think that she portrays the character very did, effectively. Yes, agreed. I'm not quite sure what that accent was about, but you know, Estonia. It's yeah. I don't even know where that's at. That's uh, near Russia, I guess. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. There's so many times in this movie. Like the structure of it is so repetitive. Like, it's a lot of just her doing some wacky shit, getting in trouble, and then 
the mom is like, what the fuck are you doing? And then dad comes in. He's like, oh, honey, can't be Esther. She's only nine. Like, yeah. What? It's, it's like that the entire movie, except for the very beginning and the very end. Like, that's the whole movie. It's yep. just that structure. Like, the dad not believing anything that the mom is claiming. Yeah. Uh- has no reason to not believe her, really. No, exactly. This girl's only been around for all of, like, two weeks. Mm-hmm. So for him to be, like, immediately, like, and I don't know, maybe psychologically there's, like, an attachment thing that the dad had with the lost kid that he just all of a sudden projects the kid onto Esther. So as soon as she comes in, he immediately in his head creates nine years worth of memories to yeah. make it, like... That would be about it. I don't know. Jasmine was like really creeped out about it, and she's a she's a um, social worker, like counselor. And I w- I'm like, maybe this is something that is possible. I don't. <laughs> it seems so not to this level, but for a kid to come in and have this kind of like relationship immediately is yeah. maybe feasible. But it's definitely <laughs> it's troubled how they portray it. Well, like it's it's weird because like. I have no issue with that sort of idea of like the dad sort of being a little bit more on like the kid's side. Right. But I feel like the way they structured it didn't do it any favors. No. Well, and she's doing all of this shit that Mm -hmm. is like, yeah, it's like so much. Like she pushes the little girl in front of a car. She burns down the tree house. Yeah. She fucking uh, smothers the brother with a pillow in the hospital. Oh my God. Yeah. That one was like, it's really like not until it's like right in his face when he when she tries to seduce him that he's like, "Whoa, you're not who I thought you yeah. were." Like, uh, you did not see any of what previously happened as suspicious. Now all of a sudden it's in your face. Yeah, it, he's it's such a stupid, stupid. He's character. his char- Yeah, it it there was really no there. He they then, did him a disservice. They did, and then the whole like the whole the mom being an alcoholic and the dad being a cheater aspect of it did not need to be in it. I don't all. think so. they did it to kind of do a severed trust relationship. So like, you know, it, we really can't believe it. They do it. I think so that, uh, neither of the characters can believe what the other one's saying. Yeah. They just completely like cut that trust that they have. Mm hmm. And then they, it's just, you know, two different parties kind of battling to, you know, and as long as she has it, I mean, it's kind of effective what she does in terms of strategy with like the relationships and the social network. Mm-hmm. Cause she takes a dad and she gets the mom, you know, the dad to get pissed at the mom and not trust the mom. And then the mom doesn't trust the dad. So if anyone finds out, it's really, she's just got to make sure the dad's good. Cause that's who she wants. And as long as she looks good in his eyes, it, she don't care what the mom does. Cause she's going to seduce the dad and then kill him. Yeah. And eat him, <laughs> eat him like like a, like a gain uh, his youth. Yeah, like a bee with a spider. Uh huh. Um, the the whole alcohol point though was really weird, especially because there's that scene where she like gets the two bottles of wine at the store. Yeah, and she like pours only one of them down the drain. Why didn't she pour the other one down? That's the drain? what I said. I'm like, what is she doing? Like, why did she keep that? And wh- like, it just comes back to bite her in the ass. The husband's like, you had a bottle with you last night. And she's like, I didn't drink it. I had another one. And he's like, bullshit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was like, would have been so easy to just get rid of the other one. Like, save yourself that trouble. If you're going to be deceptive about shit, then fucking why not get rid of all of it? That's what I, she's, yeah, that's the one I didn't get. I was like, are you saving that for the rainy day? Well, they had to save it for the dad to get drunk later in the film. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
the editing of this film was really weird too. Like that scene where she like drops the book and all the pages go everywhere in the school and she starts screaming and that camera's just on her. Yeah. It was really weird and off putting. There's a couple of weird, like screaming rage fits that she has that I'm like, I, and you know, she got triggered or something. I'm like, yeah, but by what? Yeah. I mean, it's like, I didn't have an issue too much with like her screaming just the way that it was edited. And then also, like, towards the end when she's hunting Vera Farmiga in the house with a knife and they're, like, going in different rooms, like, trying to, like, hide. Like, it's a cat and mouse game. Yeah. And the way it's edited, I couldn't tell, like, okay, who's in what room? Like, how far away is this character in relation to this character? Like, what's going on logistically here? Yeah, the suspense, it's hard to to have that tension when you don't know... The layout and where everyone's at mm-hmm. but i think i honestly think what was going on with this one is because it wasn't so scary they had a lot of jump cuts so for you to be disoriented they, they had to have you disoriented for those to work because mm-hmm. if you know that she's in the room and you know that vera formiga is like right around the corner then if she pops up everyone kind of knows that she's there so they're not i don't think they were going for the cat and mouse as much as they were of she's like a ghost right now you don't know where she's at so it's super scary and then when she bumps out it's gonna be like wow yeah but yeah i feel like there's a more effective way to show that like just (laughs) just show vera farmiga running away and then have esther pop out when she finds her you know yep keep it make it I feel like a lot of this movie tries to emulate the sort of like old horror movie tropes where a monster is chasing someone and then the character like gets away, but then like they, they have a moment of respite where they think they're safe and then all of a sudden the guy pops out. Like right. I feel like that's what they were. Mike tr- Myers. Yeah. I feel mm-hmm. like that's what they were trying to emulate and it just didn't really work because of the way it was edited. It was just bizarre. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I'm not going to say I that the, the, all of a sudden the chicks in the greenhouse and the little girls hiding and I remember I was like. When did this happen? Like, I've, I haven't blinked. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is, like, they didn't show anyone moving around. They just, all of a sudden, she's crawling out the window. The Esther runs away, and the little girl's in the green room. And I'm like, how you, the fuck did the little girl get down there? You didn't blink. The movie blinked for you. Oh, my God. She just, she was just hiding in the plants, right? Like, mm-hmm. that, did they show her leave the closet or anything? Or did they, like, maybe they did it? Th- I don't know. I can't, that's the one I couldn't remember. All of a sudden, she's just in there, and I was like, Mm-hmm. Oh, this is great. Yeah. Um, oh, I almost forgot about the scene where she climbs in the car and puts it in reverse and then like, or puts it in neutral or something and it's yeah. on a hill and it goes back and the, the younger sisters in the car. Yeah. And she's like running after the car and there's like all these different things. Like this guy's chasing after it, trying to stop it. That was the best part. I was rooting for that guy hard. I was too. I was like, like come on, guy. Come on, guy. Oh, this he, guy's going to come in clutch. <laughs> uh, that's why I was kind of, I was like, all right. In my mind, I put it like, it's either going to go and it's just going to go back into something and they'll save the girl or this guy's going to stop it. And then it's going to be like, lady, what were you doing? Mm. You know? Yeah. Nothing. It just goes in reverse. And then they're like, you had, you drank last night. Mm. You're a fucking alcoholic. Yeah. And it's like, I, th- that was the other thing that was annoying to me, too. It's like, all right, she has, like, a bottle of wine, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's I don't even know what time of day it is. Maybe 9 a.m., 10 a.m. Like, you're, we're going off the hungover thing that she fucked all this up. Yep. Then, if that were the case, wouldn't she still be kind of hungover now while you guys are talking? Right. Like, does she seem drunk to you? Yeah. 
maybe it's one of those things where like the character we're supposed to think that the characters see her as drunk. A hundred percent because they, they don't believe her at all. Like they're yeah. already doubtful. <laughs> but like that's I, which made the that's just she's what, also hysterical. Well, what kept fucking playing into the film of like how dumb these people are with like what's going on? Like mm. it's another like horror film of just poor decisions. But instead of let's go into the haunted house, you know, it's like she didn't do it. She's nine. She <laughs> doesn't know what neutral on a car is. Yeah, <laughs> like. Oh my god. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know? When clearly she's exhibited behavior that like before would indicate that she's more mature than oh, they she's go through letting the, on. They go through the whole like she was part of this and she was part of this and she was part of this and all these things follow Esther, but it's never Esther's fault. Yeah. Well, like not even that, but just like her interactions with the mom character, like after she sees them have sex and then she's playing piano and the mom comes up to her and she goes, All right, we need to talk about what happened. She's like, I know what happened. You were fucking. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, whoa. That right there should tell you that there's a little more going on than what you're, yeah. you're reading at that moment, you know? Going back to some of the editing, the the jump scare stuff that mm-hmm. they sprinkled in, like when they first go to the orphanage, there's like kids that rush by and they're laughing mm-hmm. as like the dad's going up the stairs, I think. Yep. That was like, okay, that was cheesy like there's a bunch of them there they throughout the whole film it's like this isn't even really that scary and then i was like oh this guy has to do this because it's not that mm-hmm. unless you're uh, like an adopted parent like have an adopted kid yeah i would imagine this being scary for you but other than that like there's really no horror element it's just the, to ed- it. the way it's edited like the noise and the the images on screen like it's an easy way to get you like even i was like oh shit well that's what jump scares are i mean they're yeah. like hey let's have the cat on the piano and we'll you know and then just show it really jarring and it's because it, one it's there's i think there's two effective ways of doing it not i should say effective but the ways that i see it is mm. You have the jump scares with the anticipation of something happening, and then you have it with the disorientation of like where you're at or what's going on. Yeah, you know. So I think that there's a couple of them where like the kids running. I actually I think I got like I did like a little jump with ones that weren't even supposed to be like you know. Mm. It's just all of a sudden a loud noise, bang, crash, you know, and someone runs by. But the the other ones, it's like, all right, like. And then the the whole like this movie has a lot of hallmarks of like just bad modern horror movies like that, and then the aspect of oh this character we're gonna have in the movie just to dump exposition to the main character about like what's wrong with Esther, so like she gets the call back from the mental hospital and Sarn yeah she's like the guy's like hey. Uh, I just wanted to call you back and let you know that, yes, this person is actually 33 years old and she's psychotic and she's uh, yeah. she's not actually a little girl and she's been known to manipulate people and she burned this house down with this previous family that she stayed with and blah, 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 blah. Like all this shit that we like, it just felt like so rushed and like shoehorned in. It's not only that, but I think like at that point, I don't know if it's really necessary because like, no, I think the only thing would have been necessary is like the guy calling back and be like, 
Oh, actually, this is interesting. Uh, actually, Esther is uh, uh, she's troubled. She's thirty three and she has like schizophrenia or something like that, and mm. she portrays like little kids. Like I would be careful and get her, and then like that's all we need. Yeah, like this guy went through and started like and piecing like, and then they're doing the thing where she's like looking through the newspaper or pictures or whatever, and it's like he read through the Wikipedia the, and like and the music's going, and it's like the you know for the audience, it's like all of a sudden it's like the unveiling and like the characters like going through and her eyes are getting big and it's just like a flood of information and processing yeah like all that's going on i was like we already knew this he went to the orphan 2009 film wikipedia page and just read the summary oh my god like (laughs) literally in (laughs) you know i'm all about it if we don't know esther's doing these things that's one that's effective like Mm. when you're like all right is it esther or is this like if they would have had of all that stuff happening and didn't show her doing it and had the eerie like, is it Esther? Isn't it Esther? You mm. know, and they didn't like. They that's what I'm saying. This isn't a horror film because they let you know off the get that she's bad. Well, they they also want to include scenes where she is actively threatening kids and threatening people yes. in a very adult manner. Like she holds the razor blade to the kid's junk and says, "Like, yeah, I'll cut this off before you know what it's for." Like, yeah, that's there was in the, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like you get to that point and it's kind of like. All, I don't even know if I needed him to say she was 33. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, at that point, it's kind of like if you're doing anything, just go, yeah, she's 33 in trouble. You know, you should call the authorities and then hang up. Mm-hmm. Like, that was like a three minute thing of him on the phone and he's kind of going through and he's like getting very concerned. It's very long winded. Oh, my God. Super long winded. That was one of the. I, and then Vera Farmiga, what pissed me off the most is that she's like doing the. <gasps> And it's like, I know, bitch, you fucking knew mm-hmm. you've been sitting here the whole time. Like what? It just yeah. all of it, it just connects now. Like you just finally get confirmation. Like that's what you needed. <laughs> like what the fuck her? I, I, I enjoyed her for the most part, but her acting at points was it sort of took me out of it. Like the very excuse me, the very first scene that she's in oh. where she's like has the dream yeah. or the nightmare, I should say, of like the stillborn. And she's like screaming throughout the entire thing. She's going like, oh, 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 yeah. Like, I don't know what kind of human being makes those noises, even if they're in pain. Yeah. But it sounded really unconvincing. (laughs) It was bizarre. It was so, like, you could call that out like a dream sequence, like, I think within the first two minutes, like, Mm. before they even start, like, showing Skarsgård as, like, everyone. Mm. Yeah. I was really. I watched it like that dream sequence and I thought to myself, is this going to be how the whole movie is? Is this going to be the entire thing? Like, like this weird, cheesy, this kind of weird lighting, like production value weirdness going that on. I did. Yeah. Well, and they did the same thing with the second one too, mm-hmm. which we'll get to, but yeah, yeah, no, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah, it was peculiar. I mm-hmm. mean, there, and there wasn't, <laughs> I don't know. Mm-hmm. CCH pounder gets uh CCH pounded in the face in this movie she's the nun character oh she gets the tire iron or yeah, whatever it yeah is. yeah <laughs> and all of a sudden it, the little girl's roped into murder yeah which she still first like she just gets pushed in front of the moving car like. yeah <laughs> well, the, god <laughs> i was talking to, i'm like how much therapy is this kid gonna need after all this mm-hmm. like you know that's really where the 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 drama stems from yeah is the medical bills that will need to cover all of her psycho psychological problems yeah well if they go to the same therapist that therapist won't believe her just oh like God. she doesn't believe the mom character 
Like I'm, I'm really, I'm not a fan of like plots in movies where like the conflict stems from characters not believing the main character. Like it's hard. I mean, it. I think it's hard because like we are on that that side, so you want to be frustrated, but then you'd have to look. That's what I'm saying. You'd have to look at real world like problems mm. and go, yeah, no, I could definitely see where there'd be some confusion. Or I could see where they'd be, you know, like the one with the 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 mom and the you know the dad and the uh, the chick that comes up and it's like, you want to help me move a chair? And the guy's like, yeah, me and Ellen will be there mm. to help you out. It's like, oh, he definitely, you know. And then the the mom hears about it. And I'm like, well, obviously Esther crafted a story a little bit or left that little white lie, you know. And the dad's now, and I was like, I could see that one happening for sure. A little bit of trust problems, mm. and then to the the degree it went is where i didn't believe it yeah all of a sudden it caught like he called like she called him a cheating whore and like he's like yeah well you're an alcoholic that like killed our kid and i was like that that does that seem like it went really just you mm, know like yeah. i don't know where any of the animosity es- or tension in their relation so fast it was like really ramped up well and like i don't <laughs> you know and i'm not a i'm not a i didn't have it so i don't know what it would have been like but like 10 years ago with the cheating you feel like you would have you know probably hey like real you can talk to me like what's going on like did he show anything that led up to believe that he was cheating on her you know yeah so like that's why that's where it was unbelievable for me Mm. was like i can see there being a little riff you know between and then all of a sudden it's like yeah you're a fucking you know terrible person it's like you're an alcoholic and then they just hate each other yeah I was like that 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 those are the jumps that we have to take, you know, for this film to be successful mm. is like stuff like that. And believing that, you know, Esther never gets caught. Yeah. Like she kills a fucking nun and then the little girl's not gonna tell anyone. <laughs> and then like everyone's like, I don't know, I don't know what happened to her. And it's like she a a thirty three year old dwarf and a four year old dragged a body and hit it in the woods and you can't get the dogs to find the body. Yeah. You know? Like the um the whole aspect of like her just causing mayhem was really funny to me. Like when she she pushes the little girl out of the place. Oh, set. you kind of <laughs> giggled at that. I'm like, I don't know why, but I found it really like the way that it was shot. It was so goofy, and then her killing the nun. It was, so, it was goofy. It was really. Like, How about going through the jungle gym and it's like. The camera's like POVing everywhere, and that it makes was, it seem like it's in a prison. That was super, like, really drawn out. I, I was like, I had to go back, and I was like, all right, I've been in a jungle. If I ever felt like that with like everyone around me, like, where's it coming from? Mm-hmm. I was like, it's really hard to hide in a jungle gym. Well, like not only that, but like she just kept going through it. Like, why not just leave? Yeah, that's so. That was another one too. Where it's like the first time she looks a little uncertain. It's like, do you really need to go down that slide? She has like four chances. Like, just she just keeps. What was going. her motivation to keep going? That's the one. Like, she just really wanted to go down that slide, dude. Like, like looking around, like God, this kids is, can't resist. They love slides. Killing me. I gotta go down that fucker one more time. It's like fuck. She's gonna fucking murder me. But oh, the slide. The slide. God damn it. Eight <laughs> feet of fun. How can I not go down it? 
I'll regret it for the rest of my life if I don't do this. And then how about like she gets to it and then there's still like another like, let's look around a little bit. Yeah. Like, Let me you, stand here for 10 solid seconds and like just meander yeah. right here. Put the fucking X on my back. And then all of a sudden Esther charges up like a fucking quarterback and just boof. Boom. Hits her. Yeah. Yeah. Terry, Terry Tate. Fucking yeah. office linebacker. <laughs> just sends her off the off the thing, breaks her leg. Yeah, and then what? it was like, oh, she accidentally. And then, oh, my God. That's what I was like. All right, so the dad's there. Mm. All right, the little girl's crying. Like, you know, there was an accident. Esther didn't do it. That was the first one I'm like, really? Yeah. Like, you've had this girl in your home for maybe, like, three months. <laughs> and then another girl fell off of something, and we're just going to go, it was an accident? Like... They were playing. Did you see him playing earlier? Like, how disconnected are you, Dad? Yeah. This was before the nun incident, right? Yeah, that was. This was the first one where we got to see what Esther was capable of. That's like this movie. Like the way it's structured, like you could easily put these scenes out of order, like, Mm -hmm. and it wouldn't really affect the movie that much. No, not at all. Well, and because they don't, it, there's no buildup in what she's capable of doing. No, and it's already it's alluded to very early in the film that she's in trouble and she does these things, and then they don't even play off her coyness on things. Mm. Like they just like she's trying to be coy about it, but like there's nothing because we've seen it. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying to the, the 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 mystery of what she was or what she was capable of doing was stripped immediately. Yeah. And that's why it wasn't really a horror film because we as an audience member know everything that's going on. That kid goes in the fucking treehouse. It's getting lit on fire, bitch. Like yeah. mm-hmm. that's what's happening. Mm-hmm. So there's no like it's more so of like does this kid get out of it? And then the treehouse is on fire. <laughs> and the mom's like, ah. And the dad's like, wasn't Esther? Yeah. The fucking, the, the grandma character is there. Yeah. And she sees everything. How did it get on fire? And the dad, yeah, how did it get on fire? There's and no the, outlets in it. And the dad's like, well, well, Esther's a sweet little girl. Wasn't and Esther. Our son must have just been causing ruckus. He shouldn't have been in the treehouse. And that's, I was like, uh, okay, so this is the second time now that she's been in some sort of family member dying fire. Yeah. Like, <laughs> kind of red flags right here. Like, as much as, like, the last one maybe was an accident, like, now we're at the second time this has happened in her life uh-huh. i don't know how many fires you've been a part of that you know but like not only that another time a child has been injured around her yeah of shit ton and then oh my yeah it was it it was a lot of it was it was just bad it turned into like that's what i was saying it went from it wasn't horror as much as it was suspense thriller with like some jump cuts you know kind of yeah yeah it like Anaconda is supposed to be like a horror film. It's like, no, that's that's more of like just like a kind of like, a, like a survival thriller. Like sh- schlock. Yeah, yeah. They're all and that and then there's elements of horror strewn into it, you mm. know, to give it kind of that feel, but it doesn't make it a horror movie. No. You know, I would say that the bone collector is much scarier than this one. Mm. <laughs> like if you're going off that, why isn't that a horror film? Yeah. Yeah. I remember commercials for this movie when I was a kid because this came out in 2009. So I would have been, oh gosh, 14, I think. Jesus Christ. At the time. So I remember commercials for this and thinking, like, oh, this does look kind of scary. But, you know, watching it now, it's like just really, it's just really funny. (laughs) It was bizarre. (laughs) Just bizarre. I didn't know what we were getting into with it. And I was hoping, 
I was kind of hoping for a little bit more um, of the mysterious element played mm. out into it. Because, like, let's say you know the twist. Yeah. The whole point of knowing the twist should be, all right, let's see if I can kind of see. Like, if I wasn't, if I didn't know about it, would it have held up as a twist? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think it would have. Like, if I don't I, know, dude. <laughs> fuck no. And I was like, I was 80% certain of what was going to happen. And I was still like, well, I'm going to give it the benefit of the doubt. And after mm. the first two things, I'm like, actually, it was a little girl. Well, that dude, the little girl goes up there. One, they start picking on Esther. It's kind of like, I don't know, maybe kids are like that, you know, kind of a no, no for no reason picking on her. Yeah. Like I, maybe because she's different. And then all of a sudden, as soon as that playground scene happened, I was like, I bet she's going fucking down. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, but something's going to happen that's not going to be good. When they set up one of the kids, like the actual children, as like a villain. Yeah. Air quotes to the, to the, Mate, like the main bad guy in the movie. Like, did we even need that too? That's another thing. There's like a lot of, did we need this? No. Well, like a lot of the whole movie is just to show how crazy she is and to to make it so that the characters don't believe the mom after all this wacky shit happens. <laughs> so, which was, I think the goals of the movie kind of contradicted what the whole twist stood for. You know. Because, like, the way that they portrayed it, like you said, you can see it coming. The goals of the movie were to just have the characters not believe the mom character. And yeah. to do that, you had to show all the stuff that Esther was doing. Uh, and then... See, but why? Like, do we need to do that? Because wouldn't that put you I at a conflict so. of interest if you're not sure if the mom's seeing it or not? Yeah. Because then it could turn into... Dude, this is why I was pissed off. <laughs> okay. They had the whole storyline with the mom set up. You had the dream sequence, all right? So already kind of like unreliable like narrator, all right? Just because, and I know it's like alluded to that it's a dream, but like even if it just kind of comes up, she doesn't talk about it. You can see that she's obviously impacted. Then they set up the whole alcohol thing. She's got the Shriner kid. So there's a lot of elements in which the mom could be unbelievable with what's going on. Is it like an opposition to who Esther is in the family? Because it easily could have been set up that Vera Farmiga is doing all these things and Esther's the one around to see it. Like you could have, if you held the mystery off, like if you actually held the mystery there, there could have been a scene at the end where it's like she kills Esther. It's like... Esther is 33, but she was literally just like a criminal that mm. was stealing things. We're going to families. And then like, oh, man, she just burned down the house on the last one because they caught her and she needed a way out. Mm. And then Vera Farmiga ends up killing her. And then you find out that she was the one doing all these things because the love of her child and that this girl coming into her life just snapped. Right. You yeah. could have had that, and that would have been that would have been great, because then you would have had conflict of interest. Was is she the antagonist or the protagonist? We mm -hmm. got this other character that we really don't know anything about. Instead, they just give you everything. Yeah. They're like the mom's an alcoholic and drunk, so obviously no one's going to believe her. It's mm -hmm. like you got. She could have did coke. She could have did like uh, you know, like I was in an armed robbery, and it would have been like can't trust her. Mm -hmm. You know, it was so fucking vanilla and plain Jane just to just to have it in there. Yeah. And then there's nothing that shows why she shouldn't be credible or believable because all of this, it's not like it happened a week ago. No. It's like years past. And then to be like, oh, the trust is damaged. Yeah. And there's a couple things that so they easily. do. <laughs> oh, like the, well, the fight with the dad. And then I don't know. And then after that, there's a couple things where she's like, I don't know about Esther. And it's like, you're just crazy. Yeah. Because she wasn't even roped up into the alcohol thing until after the kid went through and they found out, you know, like, oh, you opened up one of these things. You must have been drinking. Mm. It's like, 
this happened four hours ago. Like, smell my breath. Mm. Right? Yeah, the characters are so dumb of how they go about it. Oh, it's just terrible. It's so... And Skarsgård... The only reason why I liked him in this, I think, is because he played like he didn't care. Mm. So, like, everything happening was kind of, like, up to how his whole emotional state was while interacting with everyone. Yeah. A very laid back and, like, yeah, no... Uh, You'll be all right, honey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we can do this. He his character almost felt like a like a more rich kind of cleaned up version of his character in Garden State a little bit. Don't remember Garden. I he plays like a kind of a stoner. Oh yeah, character in that movie. Yeah, he could have came out if they if they showed him smoking a joint while he's doing his architect stuff. I would have been shocked. Oh yeah, <laughs> like I would have been like, whoa. He very much comes across that way. Yeah. Um. Uh. Was there anything else you wanted to touch on with this this movie? Uh, well, uh, the one is like how incredible of a draw, like artist Esther is. I was going to black light yeah, stuff. I'm glad you brought that up. Cause I wanted that to be like a positive that I touched on. I, I, that I, that was one of the things that was going on that I, I was watching and I was like, she's really good. Like if that, yeah. like, and I know it's like, they don't show any of this, but like, I wonder how she does this in real life. Like yeah. how did, you know, the time for me was like, what was unbelievable unless she just needs like two hours of sleep. <laughs> yeah. But other than that, like. Pretty good artist. I was, yeah, and I like the way that the paintings were used throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, I like the whole use of the, of the black light, like, revealing the hidden stuff behind what is actually being created. Yeah. And that sort of whole idea of it. Probably. I, re- a, I really enjoyed that part. Like, maybe a small metaphor being being provided or something like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And they set it up early enough to where it's, like, consistent throughout the entire movie. Yeah. Um, which I, I enjoyed that aspect quite a bit. But one of the yeah so here's a here's a bit of trivia for you and i want you to well i so i was trying to like i gotta find something to bring to the table here so i mean esther i guess she just did a really great job everyone thought she was a really good actress in this Mm. i thought she'd be from that facebook so that facebook article that i read uh i thought she was 26 in this one in the 2009 one oh no i didn't realize she was 12 she's 12 yeah Yeah, no i had to look it up because i i went to her well i started just looking at like the orphan two and some stuff Mm -hmm. and i got under her imdb and i was like oh she's 25 i was like well when that you know when that other one come out and so i hop in it's like 2009 i was like oh so she she was 12 so i guess I guess I just assumed correctly that that was the twist. Mm-hmm. Like I, there was no proof, and now, now, now this other one's the wrong way, and she's, which it shows. We'll get into oh, it. oh God! Uh, <laughs> but so the trivia, and this is where it's like, this is how dumb this movie is. That they took this scene out or writing out, but if it were in there, it would have flowed seamlessly, which is like a huge red like problem. Okay. They had a scene written in there that when they go to the orphanage, uh, uh, Vera and Peter um, find another kid there before Esther named Yolanda, a seven-year-old Puerto Rican girl that they really like and they'd like to adopt. And then they meet Esther, and Esther wants to go home with Peter, wink, wink. And... Uh, they say, "Well, honey, like it was like really tremendous meeting you, but we've already we have another another per, like girl here that we're gonna actually adopt. You know, like it was very nice meeting you." Esther finds out, mm-hmm. kills the girl. She's found hanging in a closet. Mm. Okay. They come back the next day to pick her up, and the nuns have to tell the family that there was a. Uh, 
a, a kid's game gone wrong is how it was described, mm. and that Yolanda had passed away, and you know Esther was around, and so they give it a week, and then they go back to the orphanage and adopt Esther. Mm. That I don't know how I feel about that scene being included. It's interesting. It's dumb as shit. What I'm saying yeah, is, if, right? <laughs> it, if it was in the film. Would it have been something where it just goes along with how poorly written this thing was? I mean, it would have been consistent with the quality of writing. Yes. There we go. That's what I'm saying. Like, I read this. I was like, I was like, okay, so she kills a seven-year-old girl, and she's found hanging, and they go, oh, kid's game gone wrong. There's no question of murder from a hanging body. Yeah. And then instead of them being, like, the second girl that they've gonna like had now that has died... They give it a week and come back and get Esther. Yeah. Like, are you fucking nuts? Like, they were like, oh, my God, she died. And it, there's not enough of a, maybe not this orphanage. Right. We, like, one, there's a dead body. So that would be like, all right, probably not the safest place there to would have adopt been an, a kid. There would have been an investigation at least, right? And then <laughs> the second is like, let's take Esther. Which yeah. and I think I read that they found Esther, like, in the room or something. Like, you know, like, around, like, what I just read that and I laughed. I was like, those people are fucking stupid. Like the parents, like Vera and Peter, I was like, they are fucking dumb if that's if they go back there. And I was like, well, actually it probably just fits in with how that movie was. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. That would have been would that, that would have been, been crazy. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> we like in an alternate universe, we could be sitting here talking about that scene about like even just but the thing is it's like one more tally mark as to like how yeah. that movie was like it would have just been like Schlocky. one more point against it, like yeah. the same kind of scene that we already get throughout. Like it just would have been a little more edgy because it's a kid dying. So, I think that was some of it too. Was they were trying to point into the fact that these are kids and that there's some um, wholesomeness going on or some innocence that's being lost. Yeah, and that was some of the <laughs> scary stuff, which never came off. No, that didn't even feel like a theme being touched on in the movie whatsoever. No. No, <laughs> not at all. No, God, no. They literally the kid. They they killed the brother for like, and that was what that should have been more jarring than what it was. I thought the brother lived because I thought that she like. Oh, did they do well? He flatlined for a bit, and then they brought him back. Yeah, good so job. They actually they didn't actually kill the kid. Oh, damn. Um, <laughs> not that I was Oof. rooting for that. Damn it! Yeah, I wanted him. I wanted him to die. <laughs> I was like, that was like, little this is bastard. Weird. Yeah, Esther. Uh, so every all the people are questioning like where Esther's at. There's a fucking fire. The dad's like, oh, he's good. And then it's like, hey, where'd Esther go? She went to go get a pop. Oh, she's by herself. No yeah. one saw where she went. Kids flatlining for no reason. Yeah, all of a sudden, this alarm's going off in the room that your child is in. Yeah. Like, Hold on a second. What's going on? I think this one would have a shit ton of scene logistics too, where it's just like things that don't make sense happen, and then as audience members, we're just like. Yeah, that's yeah, that makes sense. Uh huh. You know, we just take it at face value. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we can wrap this up. Okay. Uh, what would you rate this? I did it today. I gave this a six out of ten. Mm. I I don't think. I mean, it's it's schlocky, but it's entertaining. It's it's still suspenseful. Um, even though that it's kind of predictable in what's going on, like I said, I mean, I, I the acting was good and I was entertained and it kind of had me like, I mean, I was getting upset with the writing and pissed at the writing, but at the same token, I mean, it, it was just kind of like, you know, 
I mean, there are dumb people in this world. This could have happened to someone. Who the fuck knows? Yeah. Like, would you be shocked if you read a paper and like this was based on a true story? If it was set in Florida, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Anywhere else, maybe well, not. Like, you would have like read this, and it's like, yeah, in Tallahassee, Florida, and you're just like, yeah, that's about right. Yeah. Florida man uh, turns out to not be a boy. He's a man. <laughs> yeah, and he's selling meth to uh, his middle school. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, that's kind of dark, but yeah. Uh, I mean, there's probably a story like that. Yeah. Got to dig harder. Um, I'm going to give this a 4 out of 10. Yeah, that's... And talking about it in the writing, you're, the writing itself and then the editing. I mean, in terms of a movie and the writing, like I'm guessing for you, you're just like, there's yeah. probably like three three big things. You're like, or four, like the cinematography, the editing, the writing, and then the acting. And you probably got a one out of four that nailed it. Yeah, the structure and the pacing also didn't help. Um, I liked the acting, like for the most part, like right. especially Isabel Furman. I thought she did a really good job. Especially being a kid actor, yeah. Um, and all the other two kid actors were really good too. I thought. I thought all the acting was fine. Like I don't think there was anything that was like schlocky or over the top in terms of. Mm. Well, besides maybe the beginning with the Vera Farmiga had a few scenes where I was like, I don't believe that you're actually grieving right now. <laughs> um, and then the the oh whole painting ideas that yeah. they put in it, I thought was. A nice touch. Yeah. Um, What's below the surface level or below the surface. Otherwise, I thought it was (laughs) unintentionally hilarious. (laughs) Oh, my God, dude. She got a compound fracture. She did it to herself. And then it's like, we're just, it's just kind of give her a brace and she's good. Yeah. Like, we set the bone again. Uh That was another thing that really pissed me off of, like. I forgot about that scene. Oh, definitely didn't need it. Mm -hmm. And then they do it. And then we're just, as audience members, supposed to be like, oh, yeah, she's superhuman because she's a 33-year-old dwarf. Yeah. Like. I'm like, that's still a compound fracture. Like, that's, you don't, your, that, your arm's still fucking broken. <laughs> well, and you're not letting it hang. Like, you're in a, you're probably, you have to let the bone set or whatever. So you'd probably be in like a fucking sleeve to mm-hmm. have it up and rested. Like, could you imagine if you just had it in a brace and you moved it the wrong way or got bumped with too much force? Just, yeah, it'd be over again. Like, I, we're not going to get, I'm going, uh, scene logistics. I think I'm going to go to five out of 10. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to go to five out of ten. I forgot how much that one pissed me off. Uh-huh. I was kind of like, I was a little bit behind everything with what was going up to that point, And then that happened. And then she was like, she was beating the shit out of like three kids. And I was like, this isn't like some 33-year-old MMA artist. Yeah. Like, she's just 33 and this, she's a dwarf. So this I isn't mean, Tom Hardy. Yeah. And I don't I don't see her working out or doing push-ups. So it doesn't make her that much like more ungodly strong. Dude, she was pushing like Vera Farmiga around. Yeah, I was like, "You're if you you're not that strong. You're four ten or four eight. She's all of eighty five pounds. You've got the body of a nine year old. Yeah, like sorry, I like when you guys go running into the kitchen for the knife. I feel like you're running into the adult or and like bouncing off of her because she's got you by probably fifty pounds. Yeah, right. Like if you ran into someone that's two hundred forty pounds at full speed." Like, just imagine, like, you shoulder-charging someone and them dropping their weight on you and, like, rocking back. I'd be dead. Like, well, not dead. (laughs) I definitely don't think both parties are flying everywhere and there's, like, mad scrambling. Like, Mm -hmm. anyways. Yeah, 5 out of 10, now that I think about it. Like, that's... they. Great concept, horribly fucking done. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Speaking of uh, Orphan... And uh, this movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. 
ah, this this movie is making me uh, making me sick. It's giving me an illness. And uh, speaking of of ill, the character is very mentally ill. As we continue to learn in Orphan, first kill, the prequel. Yeah, Orphan first. They didn't write that on there, did they? It's uh, well, they didn't write the prequel. Okay, that's what I was about to say. It's Orphan first kill. (laughs) Orphan. So I'll let you take this one. Yeah, Orphan uh, First Kill. It's a great one. Um, this was uh, we watched it last night. I watched it last night. When did you happen to? Oh, the story behind this one too. When did you watch it before I just rudely cut you off? No, it's okay. Um, I watched this last week Wednesday, I think. So it's been it's been about five days. Oh, okay. Yeah. And we have plenty of notes here that we're reading off of and that we, we did our research and, and we're going to go off a lot of what we, we got written down and some of our thoughts that we've let marinate for the last. Correct. You know. Uh, yeah. So, no, I the, and I recommended this one. I felt stupid. I recommend this one. And then it's like Tuesday. I was like, oh, I got a text to that, you know, good friend, friend of the pod, Jay Hall. We're going to go see it in theaters. Uh-huh. And uh, I'm like, all right, let's go find out. I got my BOGO ticket. You know, me, uh, hey, Jasmine, let's go. Let's do a Thursday. You know, I got some time after football. And I'm looking, and I'm like, that's not, that's not in the cinema. And I'm yeah. like, well, why would they give me a BOGO? <laughs> so I go in there, and there's one in Grand Rapids, Rivertown Mall, one showing, 9 p.m. for Orphan. And I was like, that's my BOGO. <laughs> that's what I got till the end of September is to go out at the one showing at 9 p.m. And this is your buy one, get one. Like, yeah, can we get a little bit more sophisticated? Mm-hmm. So anyways, you told me it's on Paramount Plus, yep. which was like a game changer. Yeah, I totally had the same intention of going to the theater to see it because that's I only I thought it was only in theaters. Um, and I looked up even on like the website, like the showtimes like a week beforehand i was like oh okay they've got show times for it cool and it goes out all the way to like next week so i've got time yeah and then the day of comes and i go to check and it's just not there not for that specific theater anyway so i'm like what do i do so i just look up how to watch orphan first kill and it's on paramount plus and so i was like okay i just got the free trial and i just watched it that way yeah so that's how i watch orphan First I might kill. I might say with Paramount Plus it's five bucks a month. Is it? F- oh, with the uh, limited ads. Is yeah, it f- is that what it is? Limited ads. Limited ads is five bucks. I think if you want no ads, it's like nine ninety nine or something. I would limited ads is fine. They got CBS, Nickelodeon, MTV. Not that we're plugging this thing or anything, but I was like, wow, <laughs> some decent movies on there. Hmm. Um, yeah, Sonic so, the Hedgehog two. Saw that in theaters. <laughs> I still need to watch that. <laughs> You heard it here first, folks. Yeah, still need to watch Sonic. All right, so Orphan Two, uh, our Orphan First Kill, which is I, I hate that. There's a first and a and a sequel, a prequels title, which I guess, well, not not only that, but like, I mean, we'll get into it. Yeah, <laughs> yes, we will. The title isn't really accurate. <laughs> <laughs> That's true too. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, it's Esther, and this thing opens up at the Sarn Institute. All right, and uh, it's it's January twenty sixth, two thousand seven. A thirty uh, one year old woman with rare hormonal disorder called uh, hype hypo to oh my Jesus Christ, the rare form of dwarfism, hypopituitarianism. That mm. sounds about right. Uh, she uh, orchestrates a, an escape of the Sarn Institute and wants to get back into. Uh, the United States. 
So uh, she she does her spoilers, by the way. She does her escape. Right. Mm. Uh, she gets back to the United States and she's adopted or not adopted, but she's taken back by the family that had lost their child. They weren't sure what happened because she mysteriously went disip- and she disappeared. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean, shit, honestly, that's just how it goes. I mean, this <laughs> fucking film is so like just point A to point B. Yeah, there, there is a nice little the twist in this one was actually kind of cool, but it was interesting. Right. Yeah. Um. Um, so I'll, let me say this first things first. I, yes. and I, I read a little bit of trivia and this one, not much again, besides that one, uh, spoiler Esther looks like she's fucking 31. Yeah. So they filmed this and I mean, Isabel, for, uh, Isabel Furman, excuse me. Yeah. Is currently 25. Yep. So assuming that they filmed this at least two years ago, she would have been 23. Yep. So she's a full grown woman. She not only that looked older than her real age and like what she is now. Yeah. Like they didn't like one. They didn't make her look younger. They made her look older. And I thought she at this time, I thought she was 36 like or something like that. I Mm. thought she was in her 20s when they did the first one. Yeah. And that she was in her 30s at this. When I read she was 25, it's like, how'd you fuck that up? They originally, I guess we're going to. Uh, have her just be a cameo and then have another actress play Esther <laughs> because obviously the original actress is in her early 20s. Yeah. And so they Doesn't were going to... well into what they did with the first one? They were going to go with like a different actress, but they thought like, nah, we'll just keep the same one. We'll work around and it. And they didn't do CGI with it. They did all prosthetics and makeup. And uh, perspective stuff but yeah which did you like some of the scenes that i mean it was super plat- obvious <laughs> platform shoes that they had to be i dude i don't when they said that she was a dwarf i was like i with the actress itself i was like oh she really could be a 25 year old dwarf like it's mm-hmm. not like out of the realm that i didn't know that she was 25 my problem was when in the first one they actually make her look older at the very end yeah when she takes off all that stuff and I was like, oh, she really is like 27. Mm. No, she was 12, and they just made her look old as shit, which was really well done. Yeah. And then so when I watched this, I didn't know all this stuff. Last night I watched the film. I didn't know any of this until today. And then I found out she's 25, and it's like, oh, maybe she's just like she's a 25-year-old dwarf. Like maybe she's 4'10". Mm. You know, it doesn't just because, you know, she's an actress doesn't mean that she has to be, you know, 5'5". Five, five. No, she's just normal. Yeah. Just normal. Just let's have her in here. So they and we're not going to do CGI. We're just going to waste a bunch of money on makeups and pers- perspective. Yeah, they had to be in stilettos or they had to be in platform shoes. Mm. They yeah. just had her play a child, and even though she's like a fully grown woman, so they had to do a lot of like these perspective things where you never really see her full body from the front. Like the only times you ever see it is from the back yep. when it's clearly a different actress and. The only times that you do see her like walk is like you never see her legs. <laughs> like you never see her legs moving on the ground while she herself is in frame. I didn't even. I, I wish I would have known she was twenty five on Friday. Yeah, <laughs> so I could have watched this and been like, "Oh, she's like five six. I wonder because I had to start like trying to think about some of the scenes. Mm-hmm. I was like, I. <laughs> it was interesting to me because I knew that she was that age, and so I knew this was going to be a prequel. Also, yeah. And I was thinking to myself, how are they gonna, how 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 did they film this? Like, how how are they gonna get around that fact? And yeah, 
I mean, they really didn't. <laughs> they did the best they could. They did the best they know. could. <laughs> I don't know why they made this film. Uh, well, did you read up on anything of like why they're like, man, the first one had so much success twelve years ago. The actress really wanted to do it again. Isabel Furman really wanted to make. Oh, the movie again. did they do this with her production? Because she's got her own production company. I think too. she had a heavy hand in like creating the story and like getting it it pushed to the studios and having them green light it. She does have her her production house is called What If Productions. Mm-hmm. So she could have they could have had some sort of and she is like uh she got her I for some I think I wicked no it was in her IMDb thing because most of those things are like it's Kevin Bacon he was born this time he's married to this person he lives here and you know he's been in some notable films this one had four paragraphs on her mm. like I just started reading I was like oh my god this is like a like just a actress. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I get down there and like she got her masters from somewhere. She's been doing stuff and now yeah, she writes, she's trying to direct, she produces. They got her so I'm guessing that yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. But 12 years later, Isabel like and then you're going to be the one in it? Yeah, it's it's weird. Like it's a it's an interesting decision to have her play the same character even though she's considerably older and the character is supposed to be younger than what she is in the first movie. <laughs> she's 7. Yeah. So you know, actress, character aside, like all that, like the whole idea of the movie, um, like the oh, whole title. The other one too, real quick, just yes. to, just to get it out there was they 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 also she also whoever wanted to make this made it and and some refutes to the plot holes from the first one on how Esther got back from Estonia mm-hmm. to the United States because she didn't have any papers or couldn't verify document who she was. Yeah, so they they this was this was a. Cover up some plot holes from the first kinda, one because kind of retconning some stuff, maybe. Don't know what that is, but yes. <laughs> gotcha. That makes sense <laughs> with the way that they went about it. So. Yes. The whole like idea of this movie, like the title, Orphan First Kill. Like it's not it's not her first kill. Like she's already batshit crazy by the time we get introduced like reintroduced yeah. to her character. And they definitely make like right when they get there is uh, this is our most dangerous inmate. Yeah. Which I hate. I know. I right? don't know why it, I don't know why anyone like why why did they have her why did they put the woman in the room by herself instead well, of having somebody stay with her it, while their most dangerous inmate has escaped. Yeah. <laughs> it was like literally out terrorizing or doing whatever they did. It's like here you go. Like from that moment I knew what this kind of movie was gonna be. <laughs> I knew uh, I knew what we were dealing with. I had no I didn't I didn't Yes. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. All of a sudden she's in the Sarn Institute and I'm like, well, the first one was so bad. I didn't, I didn't think it would be like an answer to plot holes and like all this shit. I thought it was just going to be like, oh, we're going to get back and we're going to get a, like an origin story on her, not necessarily on how she became Esther. Mm. Like I thought she was going to, well, she does go to the house that burns down. Yeah. yeah. So let's we, just talk about it. Let's, yeah. We got to do it. All right. So like. It starts out like we're already kind of introduced to her being like crazy. Like the whole idea of the first one is like, oh, she's a little girl. But then like we're learning that she's unhinged. Mm -hmm. This movie, we already know what we're getting into. So they immediately are like, all right, you you know what she is. You know what kind of character she is. So we're just going to show her for what she is. And she's fucking crazy. I just didn't like that they have to do this is our most dangerous inmate. Yeah, that that in itself was cheesy and dumb. The whole, yeah, that that little exposition, I was like unneeded. But... Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, you're right because you wrote you kind of you don't know what you're getting into. Yeah, and so they have the whole idea of her like being in the institute, and then she escapes like almost right away. Like yep. they don't really spend a whole lot of time 
with her there. I feel like I would have liked a little more of her being at Sarn just to get an idea of like what her day to day life there was. Origin like. story of of her not necessarily being Esther becoming Esther, but her as a yeah, person. Lena. Yeah, the Lena, the psychotic character. Yeah, <laughs> let's do some like character stuff with Lena in this little thing. The first third of the film could have definitely been in this. You know, how does she get around? What does she do? Mm. I mean, they had the weird like Ida or Ilda or something like that that she gave candy to, but conditioned to be psychotic and kill people. Yeah, which I was like, Ida, the candy. F- first one that happened. Um, Ida attacks someone because she goes, she says pretty much sick them. She does it. Uh, Ida gets put down. And then not five hours later, Ida is by herself cleaning uh, the she's very like, front. She's off. like mopping up the lobby where people can just walk in. Yeah. Then we've already had one outburst from her. So one, she would either be like in the straitjacket or she would be heavily like medicine. Like yeah. there would be like, you know, knocked out kind of a lot of morphine or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, like what they give the, you know, from Bronson. No, no, just she attacks someone, but it's Ida. So she does that from time to time. No one really knows. (laughs) She's wacky. She bludgeons the guard's head in. It's like the dog that's just like, yeah, he'll he'll attack you for no reason sometimes. But other than that, he's pretty, pretty tame. I'd be like... Can we put that, put it away then? Like, I don't, I don't know if I want to be out here (laughs) with like at any moment. Like if I stand up and just, you know, yeah, don't worry. Oh, this Rottweiler has rabies. Ah, He'll just greet you at the door. He might not bite you. You're you're good. You're good. It's, it's Ida, guys. (laughs) It's Ida. Like no one knows like, what is it? Like us putting her in a straight jacket and giving her medicine. What's that going to do? Is it helping Ida? No, let's just let her mom. We just have to think of what's in Ida's best interest here. (laughs) And not only that, we're safe. Saving costs on not hiring a janitor. So, <laughs> <laughs> fuck it. Like, that, all of a sudden, she's just out there. I was like, didn't she just? Those budget cuts, man. They're really killing uh, it. Sarn Institute, you know? Yeah. <laughs> let's Fucking go, Russia. Let's go through the quarterly report. Not getting any sort of welfare system. In Maintenance place. is over budgeted again by 13%. Let's uh, start figuring out some ways to drive that cost down, guys. Yeah, it's like, yeah. well, we could have the inmates do some stuff. They seem like they're all right. We didn't get anywhere by not taking any risks, damn it. Fucking. <laughs> yep. <laughs> So Ida's there, and I guess Esther carries candy on around her everywhere she goes in case. I mean, unless, like, the belief is that she's so smart, she knew Ida would be there at, at that shift, you know, because Ida also gets paid in candy to mop. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of, like, just sort of this almost prophetic thinking in a way, like, just super luck that the character has. You couldn't tell. I couldn't tell you. I mean, just, they make her out to be, like, this genius, like, 31-year-old super genius that has unworldly strength. Mm. So then, yeah, she escapes, like, the first, not even, like, five minutes of the movie, really. And then uh, sets up an identity for herself as, like, this missing kid that's in America. And she goes to the police, and she's like, help, help. And they take her to America, and they're, uh, the family's like, Esther, I can't believe it. It's you. Why do you have an accent? <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. Four years over in Estonia really changes a person. I guess so, yeah. Well, they do set up like, the developmental stage with the with the children at this time because there's a lot of growth at that age, you know, uh-huh. that there would be whatever, you know. I don't. Yeah. She <laughs> she escaped. She made it to a police officer and, got, and made him believe that she had to go back to America. Yep. Um, so yeah, she goes back. Julia Stiles is there. She's like the mom. And then, uh, I forget the dad actor's name, 
Rosef Sutherland, yeah. who I think is related to the Sutherland family, like Kiefer and Donald and all them. I thought he, yeah, I liked him in this too. He was honestly the best part, I think. He was charming and was like, you know, enough of, he had enough his, of the, his he whole, was wholesome. Yeah, I was going to say, his whole the whole point of his character is to be wholesome. And he, way better than Skarsgård. And they, yeah. I mean, like, at, at being wholesome and probably not being idiotic. Yes, he's just unaware. Yes. Like, he's not... He's not daft like Peter Skarsgård is. He's just he's just someone who's just out of the loop. Yeah, exactly. And it's played that way and it's also there's a disconnect with him because he really cared for Esther up until she was 5 or 4 or whatever yeah. she disappeared and so this whole thing that's going on it, it is so much more believable of what would have happened even if there were events that happened that would have pointed towards Esther mm. that I would have been on his side because it is his kid, yeah. I guess. And not only that, they have a new shared bond of painting yeah. and art. Yes. So it, it brings them closer in the sense that like, even if something did happen, like you said, it would be more believable because he's more inclined to... to yeah. You know, she ha- he has more in common with her mm-hmm. uh, than Peter Skarsgård did with her in the original movie. <laughs> uh, <You mean> nothing <laughs> in common? <laughs> nothing in common? Yeah, exactly. Just oh, you're my adopted daughter. I love you. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that aspect of it, I enjoyed. I liked his character, um, and I liked the actor quite a bit. Um, I thought at first, before the twist, that uh, Julia Stiles' character, like her acting, was like, "What's going on here?" Like she oh, seems really? off. Yeah. And then the twist comes, and I think to myself, "That's why she's been acting fucking weird this entire time." Like it made, why she's like already borderline hostile towards Esther. Yeah. <laughs> so the the whole twist is that um, she reveals that she knows that Esther, like the real Esther, isn't missing because the older brother like was too rough with her when they were playing and killed her by accident. Which the character of the brother, you can debate whether or not it actually was an accident because he's a fucking psycho. Uh, you know. <laughs> I they kind of they leave that room for disbelief, you know. I okay. <laughs> I really this is one I was like like the twist, don't like the execution. <laughs> what they fucking So Julia Styles reveals all this stuff and then it's like and Gunner could be rough and he was a little too rough and you know what they say about family, you don't break up family. And I'm like your son just killed your daughter. Yeah. <laughs> and like, we're going to hide this and keep the son alive. Yeah. Not like, let's get some help for a kid that just killed someone. Right. Like, n- n- none of it's, it made sense. The motivation's fucking whack, dude. So like, the yeah. whole motivation for those two characters, the brother and the mom, is to protect the dad and his emotions and like his feelings for from the, the truth that his daughter is actually dead. Yes. But the they're those well, two characters are like weirdly fucking psychotic in themselves. Well, and they but there was no intention of Esther ever coming back, so now that she's here, the whole plan changes. Yeah. So now like now we have to put on the charade, but we own you cuz we know that you're not her. And if right. you fuck this up, you know, like I don't even know what they were going to do. I'm like, Which is weird because, like, immediately when something happens, they're like, well, time to fucking kill her. Like, dude, not only that, but, like, how... <laughs> I, like, both parties, I was like, neither of these people have... This is all just bad. Like, yeah. 
Okay, so Esther, like, instead of even Esther killing her, why doesn't Esther just go to the dad and be like, hey, the real one's dead. They showed me where her body's at. We could go down there and get it, mm. you know? And then those two are being like, you better not say shit. Playing it so fucking close to the chest. Yeah. There was no reason for, you killed the other one, just go and kill this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's- oh, oh, no, we have to keep the dad happy because a family can't get split up. Like, you fucking killed your daughter. What are you talking <laughs> about? Like, you've already fractured it. They've Yeah, they've already gone a step too far. Yeah. Like- this isn't like, you know, she died because she had dysentery or fucking tuberculosis. Like... Your son killed her. You're hiding it to keep him alive. Yeah. By, like, by the way, he's a douche, you know? Right. And he wasn't even that douchey. I didn't think, like, he kind of gave off, like, some, like, douche meter. But not, like, to the point. It, was, it wasn't until the very end. And it was only because the writer roped him into this weird fucking. You know, dude, you could have had anything. Even the son didn't even have to be attached. It could have literally just been the mom that was holding this together. Mm-hmm. You know how much guilt you have for like for killing someone, the the raven, right? Yeah. And the two people now having to hide this forever. None of Right, it didn't even feel like they were like guilty or like remorseful about it in any way. Family stays together. Family yeah, it felt more like a fucking psychotic mob family. Yeah. Like Julia Stiles was just like this evil like almost stepmother matriarch figure that you'd read in like a fairy tale which i thought was really interesting because they i mean they still botched it but they could have botched it in the complete other way of just redoing what the orphan one was right and i thought that that's where it was going at first which is kind of why i like the idea of the twist same here i loved it i thought it was really i I wrote down like i was like the best thing of this movie was this idea that they just fucked up completely Mm -hmm. but like you know it's sloppy bad writing yeah like the writing didn't help like it didn't do it any service at all but the idea of it being at least different from the first one like it's not just a remake it's not just a retelling of like what happens in the original movie yeah and then they flip they flip it too so she she goes from being the anagonis to uh an anti-hero the way you said antagonist took me a second antagonist oh oh my god (laughs) because of the fucking uh mr (laughs) oh what's that from they really did fuck me up <laughs> I say Protagonus and Anagonus. Where's that of, from? It's from the Star Wars. The guy that does um, he does uh the he did the the uh, Phantom Menace, um, Attack of the Clones. This they I can't remember his name, Mister Blip Blipkin. Oh, I don't know. Oh, uh, are you talking about the Red Letter Media thing? Yes. Okay. It, and he does an hour worth of like why these movies are so trash and suck so bad. Yeah. And then at one point he's like, and you're going to meet the proto-anagonist here. <laughs> so I always say like a pro- proto-anagonist and well, anti-anagonist. Pro- <laughs> instead of saying like, yeah, pro- I can't even think about it. Protagonist, I say, uh, yeah, proto-anagonist and antagonist. <laughs> instead of saying antagonist. Because, dude, it's literally seared in my head. Like that rolled right off the tongue. I thought that was right. You came off as super casual about it. Like you just I did. So that wasn't to be funny. I thought like when you stopped me and said I said it wrong, I had to think. I was like, did I? I couldn't just let it go. No, I I'm glad you didn't. And I'm glad that I can explain to people of why. Because I will call it a pro. Uh, yeah. Instead of a protagonist, I can say a proto-antagonist. I just, I just wanted to touch on it real quick. Yeah. So it, it, she goes from being the antagonist to... An anti-hero, I think, essentially. Oh, yeah. That's kind of what I 
was and, picking up from what they wanted the goals of the movie to be. And I thought that was super unique. And I don't know. I mean, I'm sure it is a uh, like a game plan for writing. Like mm. I bet you there is like a you know this is how you do this, but I you don't I don't see it all too often. I thought that was real unique. Yeah. But then they're like, hey, we're going to show you where we hide all of our dead bodies. And then we're going to come up with this weird family dynamic with me and the kid that's going to keep you from, you know, doing what you want to do. And now you're a slave. And I was like, I kind of like that. I mean, this is. Yeah. It went from being weird, weirdly done in the first one with, you know, her, every, us knowing everything to now we don't know what what's going to happen because she's turned into this like, you know, she's enslaved, really. Mm hmm. At first, yeah, when the detective gets killed, like when he gets stabbed by Esther and then Julia Stiles walks in and you think that she's like caught. Yeah. And then all of a sudden Julia Stiles pulls out a gun and fucking finishes him off. I was so, yeah, I was, were you confused when that happened? I was like, what the fuck is happening here? Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was really like, well, I, I liked it. Yeah. But then they. Pun intended, well executed. <laughs> but then they fuck it up. Yes. <laughs> hey, how can I take this really cool idea and just make it shit? Yeah. Oh, I know. I'll have the brother kill the daughter, and then the mom will defend the son, and they'll hide the body it's and a, then live with this. It's a neat idea, but yeah, like you said, it falls apart when you think about it even more than a second. It's like, so terrible, too, because it's not like it unraveled. Like, it w really just came out of the oven, and someone put a fork in it, and it just fell apart. Yeah. Like, I just did all this work. It looks fantastic, and you stick it, and then it's... And I feel like it doesn't... like. It's almost the opposite of the first movie in that the first movie, like, it's very repetitive in that, like, it has the same sort of scenes back to back to back. Mm -hmm. This movie, it feels like two things happen, and then all of a sudden, the mom and the brother are like, all right, time to fucking kill her. Yeah. Like, it goes super quick into It was halfway through the really film, hostile. I want to say. Like, it might have been... It might have been the ending of, like, well... Because, like, what happens? She... I think it was the end of Act One that they that they did it. So okay, let's let's map out what happens. Okay. So she finds out that uh, the mom knows more than what she's letting on, and the brother's in on it. And then uh, the dad, uh, like, she brings Are you her back home out after all this happens. I'm trying to figure out like how much happens between them trying to kill her and the mom revealing that she knows more than what she was le leading on. So like the, they bring her back home. There's the whole thing with like them. They try to poison her or something <laughs> like they put poison in her food. I don't know. Uh, and then she gets back at them by putting the rat in the smoothie. Mm -hmm. And then they like see the dad off. She tries to push them in front of a train. Yep. And then she gets away in a car and then they come back home and they try to kill her. Like, there's not much that happens between point A and point B. No, no, you're absolutely right. There's just long, drawn-out scenes of... Yeah. And like, I guess it really does make sense now that I think about it that they have to have these long, drawn-out scenes because of perspective shots. And they have, to, they have to craft all of this stuff. And it's like we can't just rush through it and have... You know, like you have to have a shot of her doing this, but then we have to have another shot somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And then we have to go back to this shot and then we have to go back to this shot. So now you're looking at a scene that if you did a tracking shot, which could have easily been done if she was a dwarf. A yeah. Actually a child. Yeah. <laughs> that could have just been done on like kind of one fell swoop or like a real quick shot from behind and then back to it. Mm -hmm. No, we have to have like four different. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, uh, I think it was. 
I had it halfway through the film that they did this mm. in my head. Yeah. You're right, though. I don't know what else happened. They had. It doesn't feel like much. It really doesn't. It doesn't. But the whole the end and I don't know. I couldn't tell you. Fuck it. Now that I think about it, because I was like, man, the ending kind of. But then I'm like, well, the ending went by quick too. Like it just kind of here we go. Yeah, it just breezed by. Like this movie was. It felt really short. Like it, it was. It was ninety minutes. It did. Yeah, it didn't explore as much of what I would have liked it to explore. You know. No, I think they literally just did it to tighten up some plot holes from a movie that's fifteen years old. Right. <laughs> Which I. That's what I don't get. And then there's the end. With the whole CGI fire, which terrible, awful, yeah, <laughs> looked like a Hallmark movie. Almost. And then all of a sudden, like it's, I have to choose between one of you. And then Julia Stiles falls, and then she's like, "Oh, I will say, let me save you now." And then doesn't she push the dad when the dad? Well, she, so the dad pulls her back up after that whole tropey ass cliffhanging scene where he has to choose one of them. And then the Julia Stiles. Falls, oh my she god, dies. you're both hanging here. Yeah. Oh my god, how did you get up here? Like, save us. Like, oh my god. She's, she's not really a child. She's 31, and she's like, she tried to kill me. She like, killed me. She killed me. I'm dead in a hole somewhere. <laughs> so then, yeah, the dad pulls Esther back up, and then he's like, oh, sweetie, let me look at you. And then he, like, squeezes her face. And oh, as and soon the as teeth her, pop out. Yeah, as soon as her oh. mouth went all puckered, I was like, oh, her teeth are going to fucking fall out. And then, of course, her teeth fall out, and she he just literally goes like, what the fuck? <laughs> and he's like, she just says like, I did this for us. I did this for you. I love you. Come here. Give me a kiss. And he's like, get away from me, you monster. And then he falls off and dies. <laughs> the worst part about all this, too, is like, so rushed. Oh my! Well, oh my! Oh really? Not only that, how fucking dumb is it? The first one, they're like, she's had a thing with all of the dads. Yeah, all of the. And then in this one, it's like, I remember that from the first one, and then this one, I'm like, it's gonna be pretty hard to be like, hey, like, let's get it on. And then I was talking to Jasmine about him, like, all right, it's gonna be weird either way, right? Because like. Either the dad's going to be into her if they kiss and find out that she's not his daughter. But then if they do, like, that means it's really fucking weird. Or it means yeah. he doesn't know and doesn't care and really had a thing for his 10-year-old daughter. I was like, this is kind of like lose-lose, right? <laughs> yeah, there's no... Like, it just makes this kind of really come off as pedophilic, you yeah. know? Like, uh, I don't know what they're trying to do with the whole thing here. And then, like, we had the backstory if she's into every dad, but I'm guessing that she was adopted by all mm. of them, not like, I am your kid. Yeah. I yeah. don't know. It was like, yeah, that, that was, like, kind of the point of it, too, was, like, just to, like, you know it's not going to end well. You know that it's not going to turn out well because no rational human being would ever like actually go through with that. Like, Oh yes. Let me just jump into this relationship with someone who I thought was my daughter yes. and who actually still looks like a child. Yes. Like it's that whole, it's like when, it's like when anime weebs argue that no, this, this anime character, she's actually 900 years old. So it's okay. If I <laughs> oh, yeah. like her that way. Yeah. 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 It's yes. It's that same kind of mindset. The, yeah, it's a fallacy. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it is. Mm -hmm. Or it means you're really perverted in like one way or the other, mm. you know? Yeah. It's like, okay. If he, he, like if he goes through and does it, like what's that mean? It, it, it means that he's at least attracted to someone who looks like a child. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like you said, lose-lose. It was awful. It didn't make any sense. And, and to have it be... 
at least with the first one, there was like a mysterious, like, I wonder how she does it or does she do it with every day? Like, this is kind of like a, you know, a prey and like it's, uh, you know, she's got this weird sort of like, um, I don't know, fetish, you know, with the dads and like becoming like whatever it is. But then there's always a thing of she might be able to get away. Mm-hmm. Like even at the end of the first one, like I was like, oh, like maybe she still breaks through the ice, you know? Yeah. Uh with this one it's just like you know where it's going mm-hmm. it gets there it was all shit it just <laughs> led up to nothing and then you watch it and you're like well then the one character i liked in this had to go huh mm-hmm. the whole like i want to talk about the production value a little bit just like in general not just the fire with how bad it was yeah like it it I alluded to it earlier, but it felt like a Hallmark movie to me at times. Like the way the cinematography was and how the movie was shot. And they had to do it because the, the main whole- character was as tall as the real fucking people. <laughs> the whole like just visual aspect of it felt really cheap to me. Yeah. It, it, like dude, the, the you know visual, how... Like the special effects, the fire, the blood splatters. Oh like God. How many times did they have to... I was like, this is the horror that they're going for is the blood spat, splatter stuff? Yeah. And that was it, right? Mm. Like, like, anytime she killed someone, it had to be, like, kind of, like... Yeah, it was just really, like, pulpy, but it didn't look good. Like, it was all CGI. It was just shit. Mm. You didn't need it. No. How about when she takes a shower at the very beginning and kills the fucking psychiatrist after she did everything, and she goes, oh, usually it takes one time, and then more blood on her? I was like... She's got to go wash up again now. I, that's what I thought. Like, I was like, okay. what are we doing? She just did all this shit. You're just going to walk by. She's bleeding out. You just washed up. You're about ready to go and like find an officer to go back to America. And then, oh, oh yeah, no, kill more, more blood on me. Uh, I really like doing laundry and taking showers again. <laughs> right? Fucking so. Gosh. Scene logistics. <laughs> Stupid, stupid, yeah. stupid, no reason to do things. Like the writing of killing anything could have been done to have this happen. Uh-huh. That's what kills me. That's really, honestly, it's like, it's very simple 2D characters. You don't need anything elaborate. Just don't do anything that doesn't make sense. Like, I'm going to kill my daughter. I'm going to say I have to protect my family and my son. It's like, then what'd your daughter mean to you? Right. Like, <laughs> like, it doesn't even come across that you gave a shit about her. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So, like, I don't know. Like, was there some sort of predisposition psychosis there or something that you passed down to your son? Like, yeah. But you still care enough about your husband to protect him, air quotes? Like, I don't know. It just it, it doesn't make any sense. Not only that, but then there's one. The funny scene that I saw was, like, uh, she, she must have known that Esther ripped the dress or something like that. But she's like, no, I'm going to go upstairs and fuck my husband. And I remember, like, her saying that to Esther, and I was like... You know, the dad still thinks that's his daughter. So, like, <laughs> I don't know why you need to, like, think that she's trying to weave you out. Yeah. You know, like, mm-hmm. even if she does. Okay, Julia, let's say that she gets the better of you and the dad takes Esther and then you're still alive and see. It's just going to raise his daughter. It's not like they're they're going to go fuck somewhere. Yeah. It's like, like the whole the weirdness behind the whole thing. Like, and then. Julia playing into like thinking she knows Esther knows like or wants to do something with the dad is like what are what, is this some sort of Sigmund Freud thing that they're just tossing in here like I don't 
They just needed more conflict between those characters, and so. Well, I, I'll tell you right now, enslaving someone and making them fucking do your, their bitch work for a while—I mean, that's that's a lot of conflict. Yes. I don't know if I need any more than that going on. I mean, I pretty much got the feel of, oh yeah, this is not. She's in trouble. Right. Um, was there anything else you wanted to touch on with this? <laughs> <laughs> or have we said all that we pretty much can? There's. Oh my god, dude. Yeah. No, I think we have. I don't. This, yeah. This movie's bizarre. It's bizarre in so many ways. This is a movie that uh, the reason why I went straight to Paramount Plus, mm-hmm. you know, there's it should not be shown in theaters. I will say, I feel like this movie, I feel like it kind of gets a little bit of points for me because it feels like it is more self aware about like what it is. Like, yeah, that's why they it kind of knows. Yeah, it kind of knows that it's stupid. And that it's schlocky and dumb. Like, the first movie took itself so seriously that it totally didn't... Like, it came across as really funny to me because of that. Right. This movie just felt dumb and stupid, but because it knew it was dumb and stupid. Yeah. Yes, I I do agree with you with that because I think I said I, I think I said the same thing with Jasmine because I was like this is why they have the twist in here mm-hmm. so I was like they're kind of playing off of they they're self aware yeah so instead of like let's just rinse lather repeat with the whole orphan thing like let's we could have fun with this and then but even when you're being dumb and schlocky and bad like let's keep it tight we can still be like kind of funny schlocky bad but like reasonable things that as a audience member could believe happening besides I killed my, my son killed my daughter and the families don't split up. Like they can have it be schlocky and dumb, but just not brain dead. Oh my God. That, that, which is why this pissed me off. Cause you're, that's the best way of describing it. Mm. And then the fact that they have the whole thing in the first one with the dads that they try to do in this one, and then it just and the only reason why they have it in this one really is so they can set up the dad getting killed at the end. Yeah, like that's the only purpose that it served. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that they need to shoot. They need to put the dad aspect in it to make the other movie make more sense. Right, and give her like a history of it. You know, I would get if this if they. They should have just had her be adopted. Honestly. <laughs> adopted again. <laughs> well, they should have just been like, I don't know. They they, they should have figured out. Yes. They should have just, just completely remake the movie. Well, I'm <laughs> just saying, like, hey, how about you have your the dad, the mom, the son, and then they, just like in the first one, we want a daughter. Mm-hmm. And that this one, they find out, you know, maybe Esther says that she was kidnapped, you know, and that she was brought here. And I like that. that even then, don't you think they do? De- I'm not gonna get into it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. There's a whole lot. Um, <laughs> so uh, I guess we can get into ratings. I will give this a five out of ten. Shot the front door. Mm. Really? Yes. This is a four out of ten. This movie was trash. There wasn't. The only redeemable thing was the twist, and even then, they just fucked it up with everything that that. Yeah. You don't even have to give me the family stuff. We don't split as a family. Like, you can't kill your daughter and then look at her (laughs) in the eyes and go, families don't break. Family is everything. Like, you just killed your daughter. (laughs) Like, is she not part of the family? We're all in this together. Yeah. As you kick someone out. Yeah, as the daughter's, like, fucking down a well just dead. Sorry. I I was so mad. I was just watching this thing. I was fuming. I just was... Bad, bad, bad. Brain dead writing. Great. Yes. Um, speaking of brain dead, 
uh, our fans are not brain dead. No, they are not. <laughs> they they are get it. Beautiful, smart, ambitious souls that have left us uh, some answers. I posed a question on Facebook asking people what is a movie that they enjoy, <laughs> but that they can only watch one time. Okay. And so are we going? Are we doing yes or no? So are we going through that? Or are we just going off experiences with seeing the films? Uh, I think we're just gonna read their answers, and we're just kind of we're gonna touch on how we feel like for ourselves about like how like our experiences with it, I guess. So like, let, like okay, I guess I can start us off. So, um, my mom Joanne said, "Oh, this is one that I've actually seen multiple times." Yes. <laughs> Uh, the Machinist, good movie, but knowing how it ends would make watching it again with a different set of eyes that may take away from the dramatic ending. The way she worded that was kind of weird, but uh, <laughs> I think I knew what she meant in that. Like, if you watch it again, it might take away from the suspense, but I don't feel that same way about that movie. Mm-mm. Like movies like that, not to give anything away, but it makes you see the film in a different light. And it, I feel like it warrants more rewatches than anything. The, his motivation and actions that don't make sense when you watch it make more sense. And I think a second time you watch it, you're able to pick up on more things as to why he was doing those mm. things. Yes. And you're able to, um, yeah, enjoy it. We're not saying that you're wrong. All right. I'm just, this is you know, our, my opinion at least. But yeah, you're able to pick up more on like, some of the motivation that he has for what he's doing, in which the first one, that the machinist is a good, uh, what I would say of like a suspense thriller that comes off almost as a horror film. Mm-hmm. That is kind of the mystery of what's involved with the final, you know, thing of what they're showing. Yeah, and that is what I was saying. The orphan could have been like. Mm. You know, it could have made you watch it in a whole different lens. Uh, just imagine you see like in that movie, like some of the stuff he's going through and you're wondering, why is he doing it? And not, you're just trying to figure it out and you're living a disoriented kind of crazy person life like he is. Mm. They could have did that with the orphan of the anyways. Yes. Why are we still talking about that film? You're done with it, Mac. We're, we're All right. <laughs> move on. Yeah. Okay. Just bury it. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Bury it. Well, I won't ever remember it. Yeah. Uh, you'll bury it in the recesses of your subconscious. Yeah, like Esther. Uh-huh. I'm going to bury it like Esther. <laughs> bury it in the frozen lake. Yeah. Um, no, no, no. The well. Oh, yeah. The well. Uh, so our next response is from Tenille. I think I'm pronouncing that right. If I'm not, I'm sorry. Uh, do the do the proper phonetic pronunciation key uh, when you hear this, and then we can look at it and say it. Yes. Send us a voice recording, and then we'll we'll just play that next time we have to read your voice or your your name. Um, so they say Hubie Halloween with Adam Sandler. It was a funny movie, but I would never watch it again. It is kind of a one and done movie. So Hubie Halloween. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it either. Really? I have no interest in seeing it. No, 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 no. I can't say that. That might get recommended. You never know. I have no interest in seeing it. (laughs) If you recommend it, I will watch it. (laughs) You'll be Halloween. How can you not want to see it? uh, It's an Adam Sandler comedy. (laughs) Damn. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, not like not like Meyerowitz stories, Adam Sandler comedy, right. but like Jack and Jill, Adam Sandler comedy. I actually heard there's like a couple funny parts in it. I I I I have not seen it. There's no one Sandler went off the rails uh, probably after 2004. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of speculation that it was because of his kids. Like he started tailoring more movies that they could partake in, and mm-hmm. you know the raunchy. I'm gonna shit in a glass and like smell it. Doesn't cut it with a you know five year old. Yeah. So <laughs> I think like that's when I cut him off. And then you make it a Netflix film is just literally like putting a cyanide capsule in with like absinthe. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. horrible. Might horrible. as well just end me right now. Yeah. Throw so, me down a well. But I will say I heard some funny parts about it, so I'm intrigued. I might actually watch it this Halloween. Let me know how it is. Tanil. Uh, you, if you decide to watch it. Well, I, we, we're interacting with the audience members, too. I have to let everyone know. Oh, yes. Uh, Tennille, uh, if we decide to watch it, we'll let you know. Yes. We'll dedicate a whole episode to it. Oh, maybe. Maybe. Hold on. Hold on. I want to do that. I watch, well, we, we also watch films without having to report them. I watched Barbarian, so I almost wanted to talk oh. about it, which would have been a great fucking talk rather than this shit, but... I shouldn't say it like that. These movies weren't entertaining, and they were poorly written, and I think that they'll just, you know, empty calories Yes, is what we just did. <laughs> and Barbarian, I think, is, a, is an entree. Uh, our next response is... Is Barbarian on there? Did anyone no, write? No? no, no, that's not an answer. Oh. <laughs> um, what if I put that down? <laughs> that's your answer? Well, so we can talk about it. Yeah, well, <laughs> no, well no, no, no. we can give our own answers after we go through everything. Oh, else's. really? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Blason says, what's eating Gilbert grape? I absolutely loved it, but couldn't endure it for a second time. Uh, have you seen this movie? Mm-mm. Me neither, but I know from what Ooh. I've heard, it seems like a more emotionally driven film. Yeah. Kind of like the boy in the striped pajamas. Yes. All right. Well, we'll find <laughs> out if that, that's the only one that I know. I haven't seen that either. So yeah, I'll, I'll check it out one day for sure. It's like one of Leo's first Yes. Movies that launched him into stardom. Yeah. No, I think it's got something with a mom in it. And mm-hmm. it's. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Katie, speaking of Boy in the Striped Pajamas, gives that as her answer. Really? It's terribly sad and also a great film that gives insight on a tragic moment in history. Interesting. What I find interesting is that the same person answered this same movie as her favorite movie. So. Boy in the Striped Pajamas is your favorite movie, but you've only seen it once. Hey, I'm telling you right now, there's movies that could be like that, that you have stuck with you for 15 years. You've only seen once, but because of how much what they did to you, like Schindler's List. Mm. And I'm not going to answer it, but I bet you there's probably people in this world that that's their favorite movie. They've seen it once and 20 years later, they could probably recant some scenes that they remember. Yeah. You know, I think that there are times like that, like A Star is Born. I'm kind of like that. I think I've seen that once maybe twice and that is like i that it, it rips out my heart mm. it, this movie having i mean i've only seen it once too and mm. i don't think i will ever revisit it unless it's recommended is because it is an emotionally draining movie it's very bleak uh and that's all i'll say about it i've seen a lot of bleak films yes um, Megan says the green mile is the first movie. I remember making me ugly cry. It was so good, but I don't think I can put myself through that again. <laughs> That's um, funny. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> hey, everyone's got a good ugly cry. 
Yes, uh, that's true. Minus Toy Story 2, Jesse's song. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's the only one that's gotten me, ever. Let's see. Uh, Ugly Cry. Uh, oh, mine was The Patriot. Mm. We had just lost to East Kentwood in 2002. Uh, I was 12 years old. I was a water boy. Thought the team was going to win state. Really connected with a lot of the kids on the team. You know, that they were high school kids, but they... they just they took me in you know they were cool kids mm-hmm. and uh we lost and uh i was crying after the game and then we watched the patriot and there's a couple events that happened in there and it wasn't the first one but the second event that happened that like i was ball and i had to go to matt grace's birthday party later that night so mm-hmm. i had to get it all out yeah. i cried for five minutes i paused the film and cried into a pillow <laughs> pillow cry not just ugly cry, but pillow cry. It's you know it's bad like when you're sobbing so hard you need to put a pillow over your face to hold the tears because it makes you look like you wet your pants. <laughs> right. <laughs> you're just producing so much. Yeah, exactly. Like I I think I've only cried one time in my life to the point where I didn't have any tears. Well, not only the tears, but just the snot. That's what I'm saying. All the fluid coming out of your face. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's just like a, a mess. broken water faucet. Yeah. <laughs> broken water faucet, but it's got gunk in it too. Yeah. <laughs> like, geez. I've seen the Green Mile. You've never seen the Green Mile? I haven't. No. Wow. Way to not admit that. I admit all the films I haven't seen. I mean, I just admitted it now after being interrogated. You, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I could watch the Green That one that one is that one does pull at the heartstrings a little bit. There are some events in there that really piss you off. Mm-hmm. But, uh, mm. yeah. Uh, Gideon says, Manchester by the Sea. Beautiful movie with great mm. writing. Movie just focuses so much on depression and the harsh reality of some lives, which is hard to watch over again. I agree with that. 100%. I've uh, seen that movie once. Me too. That movie is... Maybe twice. That Maybe movie, twice. it's so... It's really good because it it doesn't... Like, it doesn't... It's not in your face about it. It's not obvious about the subject matter. It's mm-hmm. it's inferred through the character and through the situations and the dialogue that and through the police station. Yes, absolutely. That, yeah, that too. <laughs> uh, but for the most part in the movie, it's so organic and it feels so real that it is more effective that way. Mm-hmm. Like it's not, it's not like the acting is good also because the characters aren't like screaming at each other or like going like oh you do this you do that, blah 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 like. It's a lot of subtleties. It's a lot of small character moments that affect you because you may have ex- like experienced something very similar, or it is. It's at least portrayed in a way that's like realistic relatable. enough and relatable yeah. enough for you to believe. Yeah, you. The there are events that happen where it doesn't have to be the exact event. You could substitute for anything that's been life changing mm-hmm. in your life in, the, in a negative way and, and relive your moments through what's going on, but probably relate to the character's emotions as they're going through it in the same manner as probably you, know, you did as a person. Mm-hmm. So it brings up a lot of maybe unwarranted memories, unwanted reflections that you have and then you go back and then you know, I don't know. The worst one is like when you're watching it though, and then you're like judging it, and it's like, all right, what could be worse than that? And then yeah. you're like, you're going through your shit, and then it's like, wow, he's got it worse than me. But then it's like, well, you know, someone's got it worse than what happened to that guy. Mm. And then you start thinking about that, and it's like, what would be done? And then you're getting into really dark, like, holy. Yeah, that's a good. That's another good thing about this movie. It just feels so personal. Yes, like it does. I hope that didn't happen to anyone. I mean. 
that made the film or in general. <laughs> right. Uh, we just hope that bad things don't happen. <laughs> yes. Agreed. We're a, get, we're a get paid pod. All right. We want everyone to do well and get paid. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Make that bread. Yeah. Or whatever the Zoomers say. Ooh. Um, uh, Lauren answers with hereditary. An incredible film all around and definitely would recommend seeing it, but so emotionally taxing and disturbing. Uh, I think I agree. I've only seen it once. Yeah. I have enough of the memory of what I don't want to watch again to not watch it again. Mm. It is very effectively creepy and atmospheric Mm -hmm. because it's it's a horror film, but it's like one of my favorites. And I have seen it more than once. But I think this film in particular kind of benefits from a rewatch because there's a lot of hidden details and a lot of hidden stuff that you can look out for that you wouldn't have picked up on a first watch. Right. Like there's so many little things that not only come together at the very end, but just that you don't even get unless you watch it. Tarantino-esque of small clues, hidden, hidden, maybe not messages, but like clues like editing tricks yep like certain characters being in certain places in certain scenes that you didn't even know about like it's very it's very detailed in that way for the sake of like creating a creepy atmosphere upon a rewatch yeah so i personally like to rewatch that movie just to re-experience and rediscover some things i didn't know before but Love. I can definitely see tenderness. <laughs> yes, uh, <laughs> affection, <Yeah>. family, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> heritage, tradition. Uh, yep, <laughs> <laughs> that's what the title means. Hereditary. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, it's what you pass down to your family. Um, but if someone is like horrified by this movie to the point where like they're super scared by it, then I can understand them not wanting to rewatch it. It's it's creepy for well, sure. Well, I mean, there's probably there could be a couple different things in there besides just the horror element that make you not want to, yeah, watch it again. There is the, there is a scene that's very gruesome. <laughs> oh yeah, terrible. It, it, out of like left field, in a way that makes sense though. Uh yeah. I mm. mean, I agree, but there's yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's all we'll go with for right now. Yes. Uh, and, uh, just want to make sure I touched on, uh, I got a couple more. So Christine says the Titanic, my attention span just isn't good enough for the length of this film. That is also another, that's another good reason for not wanting to revisit a movie. It's just too long. It's just the yeah. length of it is, is enough for you to be put off by watching it a second time. I'd agree. I mean, yeah, hundred percent. Mm. Like, uh, or watch it the first time. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Like, uh, people, I, like, I could recommend someone watch Stalker, and they watch it, and, you know, I'd rewatch it again, but I would need a lot more time from when I first watched it to the second watch to pass by, and I could see someone watching that movie and being like, I never need to watch that again. That was very I'm probably long. one of them. Yeah, I had a feeling. Yeah, <laughs> I don't, there, if I was with someone, like, I... I'd have to watch it with someone and they'd be like, let's put it on. And then being able to either like if me and you, if we were like, we're going to watch it again, I'd watch it with you, you know, mm. just so we could talk about things that we know about coming to watch it with the first time with someone, unless they're like openly like ready to be engaged for the film. Yeah. I will. I couldn't, I don't think I could be engaged mm. for a second time for this film. Yeah. Uh, 
it's one of those things where like you just kind of have to gauge how the movie plays out for you. Like if the pacing, like three hour movies, like they can go down smooth if the pacing's good. So, which I'm shocked that the Titanic is, because and that's I mean that's their opinion, you know, Christine's opinion. Mm-hmm. I definitely I'm not. I could probably watch it again. I thought the pacing was good enough, but sometimes in mean, three hours, it's three hours. Yeah, I mean, I guess it also depends too, like how you're watching it. Like if you have a, if you just have like the DVD version, you got two discs you got to use, or VHS, or the VHS with four. Yep. Uh, so it just becomes a chore to watch the whole movie just one time. Yeah, just getting up and, and shifting items around. Yeah, it's like, all right, hold on, let me put down my bowl of popcorn. What do you think is more cinema? Titanic or Stalker? Stalker. Really? I think I think Stalker is more cinema air quotes in the sense that like it has a lot more f- to offer in terms of like the subject matter. Okay. Titanic is very much just a straightforward love story with a disaster that happens at the end, you know. So do you think Tarantino will call the Titanic a thrill ride? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Okay. Uh unadulterated thrill ride. <laughs> Unbridled uh what do critics normally say? Uh that the commercials I don't remember. Happen. I can assure you I don't pay attention to that. Oh yeah. I don't know I don't need to know what IGN has to say about a movie. Raunchous roar or Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Roaring oh, good time. Yeah. Oh my god. How about the indie yeah, the indie comedies of like a buddy trip? Yeah, I'm pretty sure they all say like it's like yeah, raunchy adventure in which you know, like your spirits will be uplifted, laugh out loud, funny. Yeah, and then they have like the swelling music at sometimes where it's like they have to have the serious moment of like, dude, we need to get out of here, and then it's followed up with like them getting attacked by like a naked old couple has a surprising amount of heart. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> And it's just them like running through like the 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 maze field. It's you fucking. Know? They call it the number one movie in America. And it's fucking every February time. Every time it's the number one film in America. Number one film in but America. But that's why you have to look at who judges it because sometimes there's like these weird number one to who. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The L.A. Gazette. Uh, you yeah. know. Like, no one that's got, like, any, they might be a reputable source, but, like, you know, they just pick, like, the the, the Iowa yeah. Times. Well, it's such a phrase that, like, it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. It's like, you could just slap that on anything. It's like when people say based on a true story, like, any story could be based on a true story. 100%. Like, there's no one telling you you can't say that because yeah. technically it's true, I guess. wrong. That's what I say. Like, fucking Battlefield Earth could have been based on a true story. It's just... Did you they read the to John Travolta thing? Make it. Why did something happen with him recently? No, but Battlefield Earth. It was a passion project for his, and what you wanted. Oh to yeah, help. Scientology. Yeah. Uh huh. No, I know a lot about that movie. I just you've <laughs> never seen it. I've never, I've never sat down and watched the entire thing. I've seen enough reviews to know what it's about. I've seen that movie probably five or six times. My brother in Christ. Yeah. I'm sorry. Well. Listen, it came out in like '99 or something like that, and it was on. It was one of the Speed Two Cruise Control, oh, uh, mm. kind of around that time where <laughs> HBO was accessible, PG-13 films, very not a lot of plot going on, so it was easy for a nine-year-old to watch, mm-hmm. and it had like cool special effects and weird camera shots. So it really kept my attention. Definitely at nine. had weird camera shots. That's for sure. It's. 
We'll talk about it sometime. Some I'm pretty someday. Sure. someday. I'm pretty sure because it popped up and I didn't realize. That. I was like, you know, I, that's I, a movie I forgot that existed until yesterday. I never will. Yeah. <laughs> any you could bring up Battlefield Earth at any time. I'll be like Barry Pepper, John Travolta, Forrest Whitaker, mm-hmm. like Barry Pepper being the leader of Earth. A raucous good time. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's it. Mm-hmm. And then it's him with his like, we've got to find an escape to get out of here. Spellbinding. Yeah, and then it's him like he's up like looking like with a staff over you know the the battlefield. Uh huh. Yeah, and then it's John Travolta doing yeah. <laughs> Anyways, Titanic, great choice. Yes. Uh, and finally, our last answer is from Levi. The Book Thief, beautiful movie, but it requires an emotional investment. I know it wasn't super re- well received, which is sad. I had to look this up on IMDb. because I I, I, asked, I looked it up on Letterboxd. Yeah, I, I feel like I heard it came out in 2014, 2013. The title sounds familiar, but I don't know really yeah, anything about that's it. so that was the issue because i it's the book thief and then i was looking i was like i guess maybe i don't i it's a cool title i like the well it's got the sound of it well <laughs> but not only that the book thief is pretty it's like one of those things you know like if you went if you did uh you know the 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 uh, <laughs> God, way to go, Mac. You're doing a great job. <laughs> you know, like if you had a car movie and you're just like, yeah, we, you know, the, the title of this name, the, the movie is, um, you know. The Car Thief. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what it is? It's probably yeah. just two very general terms thrown together where it's like, mm. oh, yeah, that sounds like that should be a movie. It almost sounds like a young adult kind of novel movie type thing. Uh, if I heard the book thief, I would have guessed it's about like an orphan or about like a kid that goes into a library to get smarter and becomes friends with like the librarian. Hmm. And they call him they call him the book thief because he, he walks out with knowledge. So it's one of those like kind of it's uh, like a uh, slap on the wrist kind of crime. Yeah. You know, and then the librarian ends up becoming good friends with the kid and they find out that the kids like it's like the prelude to good will hunting you know it'd be like like will becoming friends with the with the chick librarian in there and it kind of becomes in this weird relationship and then there's some growth and then the you know the librarian understands what it's like to you know that they can love and they can form a relationship and the kid finds out that not all authoritative authoritative figures are bad you know Mm. and then it's you know but then there's going to be obviously some conflict where they steal like a book that's worth a lot only to read it but then the librarian's like you wanted to sell it it's like no i did it (laughs) you know and then the police get involved and then they kind of like well you guys were seen hanging out and then they kind of get roped into like, all right, you know, now we're going to, you know, now we got to get out of this thing. And then they learn that their bond goes well above, you know, like money and monetary value. Let's see what it's really about. Levi, uh, I don't think I need to see the movie. (laughs) No, I don't know what this thing's about. That's what my guess would be. Uh, So on Letterboxd, the summary of it says, while subjected to the horrors of World War II Germany, young Liesel finds solace by stealing books and sharing them with others under the stairs in her home a jewish refugee is being sheltered by her adoptive parents oh so yeah it sounds like it's a world war ii drama kind of uh backdrop of uh nazi germany type thing with a lot of like Sort of emotional beats, I guess. I guess so. Seven and a half stars on IMDb. I was going to say, it's uh, got a 3.5 on Letterboxd, which out of five is not bad. Who directed this? Brian Percival? Mm-hmm. What would Brian do? What have you done, Brian? I'm judging you right now. 
Oh, not a lot of... Oh, Downton Abbey. Okay, The Boy <laughs> and the Dad. A lot of old school like genre movies like Shakespeare, The Old Curiosity Shop... Okay, that sounds perverted. A lot of it looks like a lot of like sort of Victorian kind of yes, eighteenth nineteenth century type movies. So the book thief was like right up his alley. Yeah, it seems like that would be the type of movie that he is into based on his filmography. I um, I just pulled up a boy called Dad. I thought it I thought it said it was a boy um, who called Dad, but it's a boy called Dad, mm. and all he ever wanted was a dad. Interesting. Said he gets something very different. He gets a son. A 14-year-old kid gets a son. Boy, that sounds heavy. (laughs) Anyways. Okay. (laughs) Interesting premise. (laughs) Yeah, right? Book Thief, yeah. I mean, I think I added it to my watch list after I saw his answer, so I'll check it out sometime. Yeah, absolutely. You know what we have to get going one of these times is like once every other month or something like that, we got to figure out something we... Get just taking a bunch of recommendations, mm. and we auto generate something that we pick it out of a hat. Just kind of like wheel of fortunate kind of thing. Yeah, like you, you, like everyone goes in there. You get a number. We write down everyone's number or something like that. Or you spin the wheel, and then whatever one it lands on, that's the movie that we're gonna watch. And then it really works out. So if we only have one person that comments, your film's gonna get watched. So <laughs> right, <you know? laughs> someone's guaranteed to be happy. Well, we hope so. Either that or no one says anything, <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then we're out of an episode. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Levi. <laughs> yeah, yeah, appreciate it. Um, but no, seriously, thank you guys for uh, answering the question. I'm just gonna quickly scroll through, make sure I didn't miss anybody. Oh, maybe um, I, did I got no? I got everyone. You did? Yes. Even on I said something to anyone. Maybe people don't love. Did me. you? Um, did you have anybody comment on yours? I don't know. That's what I want to see. That's what I want to know. Do I want to know if this feeling flows both ways? Sad to see you go. Sort of hoping that you'd stay. Oh, wait, what if I do this? Oh, you're saying I forgot. We're we're still talking into a mic. <laughs> uh, nope, I got one like. <laughs> it wasn't it me. Oh, probably. Let's <laughs> find out. I uh, don't know how to do it. Nope. Oh no, I don't know. Anyway, you know how these things go. Yeah. Um. So yeah, thank you guys for answering the question. I guess we can talk about our picks. Um. So you have a pick. You I know? have a pick. Uh, you go first while I quickly think about mine. Okay. I watched a movie recently called Threads. It is a 1984 uh, British television movie, like BBC movie, and it is about a nuclear fallout in this uh, city in Britain, and it is one of the most bleak movies I think I've seen in terms of just that subject matter. Like it's, it shows you a lot and it's very visceral and there's no music throughout the entire thing. It just is very face value shows you what would happen in scenarios like that. And it's just, it it feels really hopeless. Like the whole movie. And yes, uh, you just can't help but like be enthralled by what's going on. And that movie is great, but I don't think I could ever watch it again just because 
It's very bleak and taxing. And after I watched it, I just kind of sat there for an hour just thinking about thinking about life. <laughs> oh, yeah. If that's so what, yes. You said good films that you could only watch once, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. My voice is dying. That's it? That's for threads? Yes. Okay. No, I I just saw my uh primer. Mm, okay. That fun, the great great film. That one I remember staring at the stars just thinking to myself, what does it all mean? Mm-hmm. I was like they're like there, there's been a couple movies that I've ever watched, and depending on like my headspace of like way above my pay grade, mm-hmm. I watched that one and was like, that wasn't even that much money to make that thing, and how fucking smart those guys were, just staring like, I'll never make it, <laughs> <laughs> like midlife crisis just after watching Primer. It just is more so just about how the movie makes you feel. <laughs> I watched it with four other friends, and we all went outside. We were kind of like you know just hanging out, and none of us talked. Mm-hmm. Like it was like one of those films where like you wanted to say something, and then it's like after what I just saw, anything that I'd say would be like fucking insanely stupid. <laughs> It'd be a disservice to the movie we just witnessed. Yeah, like what did you guys think? And then, like you just say it, and your head would go down. Like why did I even say that? What that doesn't. Yeah, Primer was it. Primer was Primer's probably the one that I would be like that was. I think I got that like an eight or a nine out of ten on my films, but yeah. I unless it gets recommended to me, will never. I assure you I could care less about people that want to tell me how it works. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, we've seen the thing. You know, get the whole... Yeah. I don't there's... need to commit that to memory. I just <laughs> need to know that it's there and that a guy came up with that and it all makes sense. You just need to know that somebody put in the work. And it's really, like, it's genuine and it's factual. Not like... Yeah. You know, they didn't come up with that. Like, I would I would be more pissed off if I watched that thing and it was just a big it ball didn't of mean yarn. Anything. Yeah. That, yeah. Like, it just nothing connected. So, like, when you did it, like, you just untangled it. It mm. just was nothing there's no substance behind it yeah like the, well the reason that movie works so well is because like it is a plot that happens but it's a puzzle piece you know <laughs> it's a lot of like pieces that you can put together to yeah, form a whole picture with like fucking 1200 different outcomes uh-huh <laughs> yeah like i get i like the ones that there's like five like that's a that's good enough thinking for me not the ones that when you click on the picture it has to shrink it down to show you all the information <laughs> right like that's when i'm like all right this is way too sophisticated for me the like p- i'm supposed to pick all this up in 90 minutes the png file size is just enormous yeah like it, <laughs> you can't load it up please save it to your <laughs> usb drive you need three monitors to look at this whole yeah. picture at once <laughs> like okay <laughs> like and then the best part is like yeah that movie's 86 minutes long Mm-hmm. you know so yeah good luck picking all that up right <laughs> i do want to find someone though that sees it and I, I lead up with you won't figure it out or you won't get it and then them just do the huh, watch me yeah <laughs> they just deep dive into it yep um so speaking of deep dive i'm gonna deep dive into the next movie my film pick recommendation all right so do you think i'll be able to get to this one too maybe really um so what hints do i get uh well i'll i'll have a little lead up and you can guess as i'm leading it up all right uh so we kind of missed the ball last year with october we didn't really talk about that many horror movies who the fuck says it's our pod we do whatever we want yes but this year for halloween i want to touch on a horror film. We're going to touch on a bunch of them because I'm going to recommend them too, and it's my turn. Mm. Just to give you the heads up. Excellent. Uh, so this movie came out in 1999. 
it sort of pioneered a specific genre of movie. Uh, not necessarily invented it, but just kind of perfected it in a way. Perfected a uh, horror subgenre in the, 1999? The found footage subgenre. Blair Witch Project? I want to talk about the Blair Witch Project. Nice. This is on Paramount+. Plus. I almost showed Jasmine last night. Oh. Yeah. It was on there, and I was like, I don't remember what we ended up watching Shoot. after. I might, as well, I might as well keep my subscription then. I was totally Dude, planning on canceling Dude, it's five bucks a month. It. Like, just cut out, like, getting two di- doctor. Well, I won't. Don't do that. But, you know, something that costs $5 <laughs> that you could afford to lose. Mm. So, yeah, that's my recommendation. The Blair Witch Project. You want to watch? You want to do the first and the second one? Because I saw the second one in theaters. I was thinking we talk about the original movie and then also Barbarian. Oh, really? Yes. Let's do it. You brought up Barbarian, and I was like, "I'm totally, (laughs) I'm totally in." Let's do so. Blair Witch and Barbarian. Yes. Dope. I want to talk about those two movies. Okay. So uh, yeah, thank you guys for listening. Uh, If you don't want to be spoiled for the Blair Witch Project. Or Barbarian. Mm-hmm. Be sure to check those movies out before episode 30. Uh, dirty 30. Woo! Dirty 30. This episode coming up is going to have a midlife crisis. Yes, I was just about to say they're going to ask itself a lot of things. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's going to ask what its purpose is. What if like halfway through the episode, it's just like, you just like, we don't, we're just talking. And it goes, bruh, bruh, yeah. and then it's like, we just can't. It gives you advertisements for Corvettes. Yeah. No. You need a new car. Slacks. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. New balance. Shop at Kohl's. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not maybe already, to that extent. I was going to say. I already like, shop at Kohl's. Probably nice like like brown loafers or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, where you're like, it's got Dr. Scholl's in there and it's off. It's 20% like, off. Like the boat shoes, like the, just the slip-ons. Yeah, I have those. I got those for my 31st birthday. Oh. <laughs> they were bought for me. <laughs> I stare at them. They already like, knew. I guess this is where we're going. This is where my life is headed. <laughs> um, so yeah, be sure to check those movies out before episode 30. Um, appreciate you guys. You can find us on myvoicesdying.com. That's not the real website. Don't go to there. It Please don't, be because we don't want you to get a virus. Yes. Um, Pardon the pun. Do go to www.neoncrewpodcast.com. I recently updated everything, so most all the new episodes should be on there. And I switched up a little bit of our bio pictures, just to kind of update them. Nice. Because in mine, I still had hair. And uh, oh, okay. I included the picture of you in the... Uh, uh, big Trouble in Old China outfit. God, that's such a great picture. I know. That's why I picked it. Just 25 pounds ago. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> the costume is what counts. That's what we all say. Mm-hmm. Speaking of costumes. Uh, speaking of costumes, uh, Halloween's coming up soon. Uh, get your candy or whatever. But it more is. importantly, watch those horror movies. Yeah, we're going to do that. And then I think... We got the next one. I'm just giving a little snippet for a month from now, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but I got two lined up, too, that we'll probably, I think. Well, one that I'll recommend, but the other one, I think, warrants a uh, discussion. Okay. Possibly guest feature. Ooh. Uh, probably not. I wish I could do it with them, though. This movie, the the two that I got are going to be bangers. Okay. I'm looking forward to it. Yes. Um, you can find us on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify, various social medias. Um, and thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, Mac, any parting words? 
if you catch yourself in a Brazilian jiu-jitsu tournament, just remember, WWTHD. Bye, everyone.